kill us either despite the massive undertaking the real answer honestly is that uh, the past 10 months just threw a whole lot of shit at our lives you nearly died as a reference to our first episode it threw a lot of curveballs huh? like Kurt Schilling <laughs> you get it? yes okay. <laughs> it's also just the two of us on this recording uh, our mission on this ep is uh, going to be dedicated to sharing the happenings here internally uh, we've had to tackle everything from equipment failures, medical emergencies, scheduling kerfuffles and shenanigans. Uh, but we are back. Uh, there's some awesome stuff in store that will be coming with time. Classic topics, mini subjects, movie commentaries, interviews. First for Hot Button. More guests than ever. A few returning voices, of course. Our celebratory 100th episode special. Promise that one is going to rock. Uh, unfortunately, this does mean we missed out on the spooky Halloween series this year. Uh, don't worry, we'll make that up to everybody. There's plans in the pipeline, um, and this goes with our usual Game Awards coverage as well. We all know it's going to be Elden Ring, so we'll save you that, though we do intend to deliver a thing. Still yeah. figuring the, the deets for that. It's not going to be tuned. It's not gonna be 16 hours of content this time, but... <laughs> yeah. We want to give recognition to our picks that may have fallen through yeah. the cracks. A little peek behind the curtain. We recorded an episode with our good friend and former guest, Andrew, and yeah. the audio came out unusable yeah. for the first time in Hot Button history, which is honestly impressive after 90-something episodes, but You're not wrong. we couldn't release it, and we found out that it was an equipment failure on uh, behalf of my very, very old laptop. How, how much of that um, story do you remember? That topic? None. Perfect. Me neither. And I wrote it. See, Andrew's got too good of a memory, so we can't have him back to roll through it again. Yeah. We kidnap Matt. <laughs> like, yeah, something like that. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. So we had to scrounge together some money, get a new computer to record with. Yes. And then that took from the week after the last Game of the Year episode until about March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then March, something else happened, which is that I was hospitalized. Yeah, I don't know if you're comfortable briefly laying down where you've, an ex- where you've been. I, I don't or... have to get into the details, but it was for an extended period of time. And then I got out of the hospital and had to do a lot of recovery stuff and then went back into the hospital and then had to recover from that and then went back into the hospital, <laughs> so on and so forth. And here we are. Then you got COVID. It's, and then I got COVID in October. So... Um, obviously we're all extremely grateful on your return, uh, but, podcast family wishes you the best. Yes. <laughs> but I'm back at 70 to 80%, which is hey, enough to right. podcast. That's, so, uh, uh, oh, I was trying to come up with a game that like got that Metacritic score. In Pokemon comparison. Scarlet it's a, and Violet. It's a little lower. <laughs> I'm in a real Pokemon Scarlet <laughs> and Violet mood. Like my 73. Perf- my performance isn't up to par, <laughs> but it's going to be a fun time anyway. <laughs> That was slick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as you all probably presume that this is counting, uh, or we are counting this as our official anniversary update, so there is so much from our catalog that needs proper uh, yeah. revisiting. Randy has been kind enough to keep track of all of the news and updates while I was indisposed, <laughs> and there were just too many to hold off. And a lot of them were, like, fairly recent. Yes. Like, when the G4 shit went down, I was like, come on, like, this script was done. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, um, and 2023, though, it's, it's gearing to be a hell of a comeback for the show. Yeah, so tentative plans. Keep an eye out in December for something. 
Yes. Relating to the games we played this Just year. Just call it because that, our game of the year. Like something. Randy said, we were going to be like, haha, joke, Elden Ring is game of the year, which <laughs> it still is. Yeah. Spoilers. But e- easiest bet anyone could make. Yes. But this was just such a weird fucking year. So much shit got delayed. Yeah. Our and it's fantasy for the, draft. For the first time in my history of playing games, and I'm sure you would agree, it's just like, I don't even know if I can make it yep. top 10. Yeah. This is the first time. But despite not being able to make a top 10, the top seven or eight that I have are all phenomenal. So and there's things I want to talk about. Yes. Yeah. So we'll probably do something along the lines of what we did for the last episode of our game of the year last year, like a top 10 or, and that was our shortest one. And we'll, we'll pull more people in for that. Yeah. Got to get back into the swing of things, recording and editing. We need some wrong opinions in this room to balance us out. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why we, that's why we get, <laughs> that's why we get all the people we get. <laughs> But without further ado, let's check in with our uh, our old stories. Hand the folks over with a handful of news. Wait, hold the folks over with a hand with a hold full of. Yeah, this is going great. I'm Randall Beatrice. He is Austin Blakesley. Hold their hands. That's what you're trying to <laughs> yeah. say. And this is Hot Button Year Four Edition. So, what's become of our pilot, the infamous Thirty Eight Studios? <laughs> when we last left off, former employees were still in the process of receiving compensation, as evidenced by the numerous lawsuits. Uh, hopefully, those are um, continuing to be distributed in an efficient manner. Probably not. It's tough to find out uh, <laughs> uh, for certain with this. One interesting tidbit, though, this is somewhat related. I'm curious if you heard this, but uh, so in January of 2022, a pitch in the state of Rhode Island, where this particular controversy was centered in, had approved millions of dollars in funding from taxpayer money to construct a soccer stadium in Pawtucket. Tidewater Landing is the company responsible for the concept, and the deal was signed by Governor Dan McGee after a tiebreaker vote. What a weird state Rhode Island is. (laughs) A major reason for the decision being so divisive is largely in part to the fact that um, the only previous occurrence of utilizing these types of resources for a massive project of this size was, you name it, Kurt, I don't support student loan debt forgiveness because I'm a giant fucking hypocrite shilling who just defamed video game business and resulting debacle has not been forgotten there. (laughs) Nor should it be. But here's the funny thing about that is that they're not wrong. Yeah. Using public funds to build stadiums, it's a scam. It's a scam just like the 38 Studios thing is a scam. Yes. Um, naturally, the dark cloud of that debacle looms over the heads of those rightfully nervous about the endeavor, mm-hmm. with even other state leaders agreeing. Time will tell where this goes. Um, fingers just, crossed that it doesn't lead to the same disaster of said taxpayer money. I was going to say... Stadiums are not a disastrous scam. They're just like an, an a well accepted on the books undercover scam. As far as debacles go, you, you that's a better direction than video games, right? Yes. Like yeah. So this I think it was ninety million in moral obligation bonds from. Uh, why can't I think of the fucking game now? Kingdoms of Amalar. Yeah. Um, now owned by Embracer Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they they've been embraced. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and thankfully, this idea is just currently set at just $27 million. $27 million for a stadium, $90 million for a game company. Oh, I thought $90 million was for the stadium. That's even good. Yeah. $27 <laughs> million for a stadium is not bad. Yeah. Video just, games cost more than stadiums. It is a soccer stadium in America, though, so returns. <laughs> good, yeah. good point. <laughs> uh, Paul Tuckett Mayor's uh, Don Grieben is confident the sports venue will create tons of revenue and local jobs. But then an additional $40 million was then asked for, so... 
Okay, right. that, that that more aligns. <laughs> the actual building uh, for the stadium was, um, I guess, was began in August. No completion date has been announced. So soccer stadiums are cheaper because you don't have to build a roof. Fun fact. Uh, I never thought about that. <laughs> I, I, that's a, that is true. No, it's not. Because uh, football stadiums are the most expensive, and the, a yeah, lot of them don't have roofs. They're large. Um, they don't. They don't have to keep a rink cold. That's surprisingly cheaper than <laughs> you would think, than maintaining turf. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hot coffee. I feel like this was covered fairly extensively in the 2022 recap, as per those terrible remasters. 2021. 2021. Jeez. As far as the future of the historic franchise goes, early details on the sixth installment of Grand Theft Auto have been revealed, not all on purpose. There was a share of stupid blowback regarding its inclusion of one of the main protagonists being a woman. I don't know, apparently that's woke. I'm excited also uh, for their in-house changes in direction too, especially seceding 5 and um, Red Dead Redemption 2, which were incredible, albeit at a cost. Uh, in response, Rockstar supposedly done a total restructuring of their management in an effort to eliminate crunch as well as uh, toxic culture in the workplace. Always great to hear reports of how prior titles were handled there. We're not exactly in good faith. Here's a question. Let's say your take two. Okay. And you have to set a budget for Grand Theft Auto 6. <laughs> What's the cap? What, uh, where do you go, we won't make returns on this? Oh, boy. I don't... Well, I mean, if the tale is as long as five? Because, like, how much did five cost? It had it's to like, be like it was over a couple hundred million. It was over 200 With million. With marketing, probably half a billion. Probably, yeah. They made that back. And then, and then some. some. Yeah. So that's the question I have to ask is like. Yeah. So you're saying, like, has anybody ever knocked on their doors being like, you guys are spending t too much money? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you got to cool it. I think right? it's more about time. Like, I like I, they would be like, we'll give you an extra X many dollars if you it's can. It's out by this date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. Also, post this conversation, a colossal leak of GTA 6 then occurred via social engineering through an employee share system on Slack, literally obtaining passwords with a cell phone. Mm -hmm. And this was back on uh, September 18th. I'm not going to get too into the weeds of this or we'd never get past the second yeah, and then, summary. And then James Bond killed a 16-year-old or whatever. <laughs> yeah, leaks, leaks of game have happened before, but not like this. Um, this was fucking huge. Uh, a release of this caliber in anticipation um, and from a company this secretive comes maybe once a decade. Happened with Half-Life 2. Uh, um, over 90 clips equaling an hour of footage was downloaded and then hastily got out on a forum showcasing everything from personal debug screens to AI encounters to various set pieces and animation tests complete with dialogue, placeholder assets. Uh, take 2. Attempted then to uh, issue DMCA takedowns in the videos. Obviously, it's too late for that. Uh, but Twitter was a light. Uh, the Guardian was reporting on it. Rumors of the Bonnie and Clyde type storyline in Vice City setting were confirmed. And that what we were viewing was indeed real. And impressive. Yes. Oh, totally. For how early that game is. Yeah. I understand them not wanting to share it in that state. And there was a lot of, of controversy as to like, people need to understand how games are made. Because mm -hmm. people are like, this looks like a PS3 game. It's like... No, I think it looks great. Like, an old yeah. alpha build of an unfinished project, uh, uh, like, with this level of hyper detail already is very promising. Even yes. And that was far from final. They say it was, like, three years old. Mm -hmm. Like the, Hopefully this doesn't affect the production in a vastly negative way, because none of this is good for Again, anyone involved, including you the fans. You don't... My sympathy goes out to those frustrated devs in the trenches that just want to deliver an epic... You like, don't have to. It's not going to affect sales. You yeah. don't have to yeah. redo anything. It was sweet to see people from other studios sharing the, er, their early footage of stuff. And yeah, like God of War yeah. and Horizon. That was and, cute. Yeah. Um, so real quick, just the, the user or the leaker or whatever, that, he was known as... Wait, Teopatuber Hacker? 
<laughs> then tried to negotiate a deal offering a 100K Bitcoin bounty, well, blackmail, for what was stolen. This included the private source code for both GTA 5 and 6 that was mm. claimed to be in their possession, so nothing... And also that. a canceled build of Red Dead Redemption 1 remastered. Oh, was that in there? Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. Oh, man. And, uh, and 4, right? Because like 4 was going to get remastered? Yeah. Okay, I don't know if that was I don't think part that, of it. I don't think that had a build. I think okay. that was just code. This did cause their share price to drop 6% before recovering once the incident was contained. And, and I'm only going over all this so we don't have to ever do an episode on it, but mm-hmm. the uh, like a, a full one. But um, within days, the FBI was contacted. Supposedly, this person had recently hacked Uber as well. And then that six-star wanted lever drove the authorities to quickly locate and bust the, the culprit. Like I said, it was, it was in the U.K., yeah. James Bond went personally. <laughs> Their identity agent city of origin outed. It was a 17-year-old kid from Oxfordshire, London, named Matthew Keys. Wow, what a fucking name for a <laughs> town that is. <laughs> it seems like one too many. Uh, That's Britain for you. Yeah. Uh, police reports are stating that they acted on behalf of a hacker sect named Lapsus. The second S being a dollar sign. <laughs> I don't and that this was also in violation for, of terms for their previous arrest at age 16, where confidential documents at Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Samsung were breached, accumulating millions in damages. I don't know. They're so screwed. Well, either that or they'll get a job at MI5. Currently, though, Keyes is being remanded to a youth detention center to await a higher court hearing this following charges of computer misuse. They should have just given him $100,000 in Bitcoin. I that would have been more punishment yeah. with how far Bitcoin has fallen even since that leak. And uh, two counts of going against those bail conditions I mentioned. Uh, they did plead guilty, but not to the computer misuse because it was done on a phone. Ah. Mm. He's funny. It's still, still a computer, dude. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, but... All right, so nothing new for our trio of wonky gas video game contests, although there will be more Peter Molyneux content ahead and endless treasure trove, that guy. Our tellings of the uh, origins of the OG Xbox, still one of uh, the favorites with us. Um, for those wanting to get even deeper, in December of 2021, Microsoft commissioned a six-part documentary series called Power On. Very good. That we watched, yeah, it's, it's really fantastic. Um, and I believe you can just search it on YouTube, right? Is that how we... Every episode's on YouTube, yep. Great. For free. Awesome. Um, but Very yeah, well done. And it's also, got tons of behind-the-scenes footage and interviews, materials we clearly didn't have access to. But I'm, it I'm proud of how well I did, no, considering totally. I had no access. There was not a lot of new... It was more of the... I'm talking about just the visual like of it. Like, the visuals and also the accounts, the people involved. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I obviously can't interview... But for the, the most people. part, that was like... Mm-hmm. like uh, chronologically, like exactly mm-hmm. how, yeah. We they didn't were. bring up the Roman thing at E3. With I know <laughs> they're trying to bury it. Yeah, um, yeah. Highly recommend it. And I, I, I want more of this sort of thing. Step it yeah. up, Sony, Nintendo. Yeah, we all I, know you won't. But kind of like like an underdog story, I guess. So it makes sense. But it, it was, I, I couldn't see Sony or Mike or or I could, Nintendo I could see ever. Maybe Sega. Maybe sure. I couldn't see Sony or Nintendo ever making a like They're too like up. like Nintendo would never make a documentary about how much of a disaster the Wii U was. No, but I would love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> episode seven, Oblivion, still an M-rated product. Elder Scrolls Six is Skyrim came uh, out on the Switch. It cost seventy dollars. So that's the update. Because <laughs> Bethesda's out of their fucking minds. How long? How, how when do you think Six is coming out? Twenty twenty six. Do you think GTA Maybe, f- after GTA oh, Six? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I bet GTA Six is farther along than Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. <laughs> Epic Games for Silicon Knights. 
We won't get into the various legal what have yous that the former has gotten into since. Since <laughs> that'll be for another time. Mm-hmm. The, the Apple shit and you know. And all that. Mm-hmm. Um, the latter, Silicon Knights, has remained in its grave. Speaking of eternal darkness, my love trucks on with its legacy of never seeing the light of the sun again. In February of 2022, it's called eternal darkness for a reason. <laughs> Uh, you. Uh, Night Dive Studios, known for their contributions of reissuing lost releases to modern systems, stated that they tried to make it happen for the little GameCube psychological horror exclusive that could, but alas, the big end said nah. Um, they may have been able shocker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they may have been able to rescue your cult hits such as Torak One and Two and Shadow Man. Except this pursuit, um, the trail quickly ran dry when their CEO Stephen Kick um, was quoted on NintendoLife.com as saying, "We've had discussions with Nintendo over the years about remastering a number of their games, and they always get gun shy working with third-party developers. Even after we release one of their first in 64 games on their own platform, meaning Turok. Yeah. Um, now I will note that." That IP is referring to there was technically not owned directly by them the way Eternal Darkness was. No. Um, a title that... Who owns Turok? ...was formally published by Nintendo officially. Uh, Acclaimed. Acclaimed it, yeah. So... So, who fucking knows? <laughs> I think it's like it went to like a holdings group. Acclaim right? was purchased by Midway. And then Midway's... Was purchased by Warner. Warner, who doesn't really want anything to do with games, so. No, they do. They're making that turf game. <laughs> yeah, but it's based on a movie. Turok was based off a comic book. There's no way to make any money of things based off comic books. Not if you're Warner <laughs> Brothers, that's for sure. How's Black Adam doing? How's Batgirl doing? <laughs> so yeah, um, regardless, they did not appear to want to budge. Uh, we can only theorize on what the factors led to this. It could be hang-ups with Dennis Dioc on legal shit. It could be that the brand doesn't align with their kid-friendly image in the slightest. It could be budgetary, considering the niche appeal of the game as in general, or it's it's just Nintendo being Nintendo. They like that's probably it. Yeah, they keep those those doors locked. Uh, either way, the trend of suppressing down that game's history continues. Uh, Kick went on to comment how it is um, still at the top of his list to one day make a reality a prospect I relate to and admire. Yeah, it should be playable. All right, so um, th- this will you're gonna have fun listening to me try and read this. No Russian. So this is a weird entry to revisit. Uh, it was confirmed back in February this year that the 2019 Call of Duty Modern Warfare, not to be confused with the 2007 Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, or the 2016 Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, will be getting a sequel in 2022 called Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, not to be confused with the 2009 Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, the new one has a Roman numeral 2 instead Mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. a numerical 2, or the 2020 Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Mm -hmm. God, I hate what this industry has become... Which and Call of Duty Four Modern Warfare was our itself or like a reinvention of sorts. So it's the sequel reboot or seaboot <laughs> does reuse several of the same characters, themes, and set pieces from the original entries. However, the narratives themselves have entirely been rewritten to reflect the contemporary political climate. <laughs> poorly, in my opinion, and both Infinity War and Activision had yet to initially address them whether or not the infamous mission would be returned to in any form. I, it, was, it was safe to assume that it wouldn't, especially considering the enemy factions don't even align with, small, like, there's no connection to those original campaigns. Small aside, I started playing Modern Warfare 2, 2022 Modern Warfare 2's campaign mm. last night, yeah. and I got like five missions in, and spoilers, I guess, but there's a mission where... You're talking about the Border Patrol? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Where you aim your assault rifle at civilians to quote unquote de escalate the situation. No, 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 no. no. There's a, there's they a mission. They lost all their tactics. There's a mission where there's an Iranian 
terrorist, fake terrorist leader who has is being smuggled into the U.S. across the U.S.-Mexico border by a drug cartel. And there's a line, there's a voice line to in the- remember no Mexican? No, there's a voice line in the cutscene where it says, people don't smuggle terrorists across the southern border. And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, that's exactly why they'd try it. And oh no, like, they all know. What are you, Trump? <laughs> Calm down. Jeez. Uh, yeah, and and I, I guess to go back to our relationship with Russia, sure, ain't what it used to be. <laughs> so it probably is, what they probably prefer to stay as far away from it as possible. Just a funny observation. Um, there are Russians in the game, really? Because I would say now that the game is officially out, like and doing gangbusters, we can assuredly say like, no, it was not. No Russian is 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 mm-hmm. left in that original uh, version. But are they your friends in the game? No, they're working with the Iranians and the Mexicans. It's a whole. To steal American weapons and use them against America. Ooh. <laughs> it's like a fucking conservative's wet dream. I, this seems less war. poised than even, like, the old Modern Warfare's were... I mean, like, I'm not saying this isn't bold or provocative. It's just, like, those were a little bit more, um... I don't know, new... Like, I guess just different. Like, they were more unique and interesting. The ending, like, few levels in the Modern Warfare 2 campaign, like, you're shooting at, like defected like like essentially blackwater like american soldiers mm-hmm. that's crazy like they, they, like yeah they should do a, they should do a game where the campaign focuses on you taking down an american terrorist cell cuz guess what those exist too yes. and there's a lot of them yeah but these like you've mentioned like that these games are also directly like not sponsored but you know what i mean like in cahoots with the yeah, yeah they're not going to want that <laughs> so i was going to blast through the next couple here until another giant scandal broke with our CSGO skin bedding scene. Um, in an article from uh, Patricia Hernandez at Kotaku posted on the 20th of September, Twitch began to thoroughly ban multiple gambling sites after streamers threatened to strike. And these entertainers are not, they're no small personalities either. Uh, you had Pokimane, uh, XQC, Mizkiff, Trainwreck, all teaming up to condemn an incident that went down the Saturday prior where one Abraham uh, Muhammad, known to his viewers as uh, Slicker, um, admitted on air that he had scammed his followers and other content creators out of at least $200,000 to fund his Counter-Strike uh, gun skin addiction. Um, Bro scammed a cancer patient. Ooh. You didn't hear about that? No. When he ran out of other influencers to scam, he started DMing his fans. And one of the one of the girls that he got money from was a cancer patient. Fuck, um, which is just like wrong on so many levels, but it's just so indicative of the like the mindset of somebody who's trapped that in that addiction. A, yeah. Oh, this then led to the coordination of that said boycott to protest the platform's lax policies on allowing shit like this to come to fruition. See, because the rarest in-game models can potentially be worth so much money many third-party websites will use them as um like casino chips to place bets on the outcomes of matches Mm -hmm. um as of 2016 the market is estimated to have a value of around 7 billion so when slicker saw the opportunity to borrow cash from people i guess including someone with cancer and uh, this under the pretense that his bank account was locked thus preventing his credit score from taking a hit he took it among those tricks was popular streamer hassan who claimed the man uh, reached out for help, falsely stating his financial woes and complications of payment from Twitch not coming through for the month. This was soon shown not to be true, and Slicker told his audience in a tearful confessional uh, video that was that was all a ruse while going on to promise any creditors that would eventually be paid back for their contributions. With I think you told me, like, after I wrote this, like, he did, right? Uh, Ludwig and XQC. 
okay. tracked down everybody that he scammed and paid them back. Oh, they paid they them back. paid them oh, back. Oh, so now he, he just owes. He doesn't have the money. Okay, I was wondering. Where but that they all made it. Come from. They made it so that if he wants to make re- uh, amends, he pays Pay back XQC and Ludwig, which is two people as opposed to the potentially yes. hundreds of yeah. people he scammed. Well, that was cool of those like those guys to. I, I think their their whole thought process there is pretty obvious. It's like we're millionaires and these people aren't. So yeah. They might have cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, that angle was new to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, This then caused the larger question to arise of how manipulative and harmful these practices can be, doubly so to younger, more impressionable demographics. So the group was formed in an effort to put pressure and send a message to the Amazon-owned company to take a harsher stance against the allowance of gambling on the service. In the past, they tended to look the other way, except the plan worked when Twitch the following day had officially released a statement changing their policy on the matter, along with big ramifications for both creators and viewers who didn't adhere to the new rules. Um, According to the update, the platform, as of October 18th, will no longer permit, quote, streaming of gambling sites that include slots, roulette, or dice games that aren't licensed in the U.S. or other jurisdictions that provide sufficient consumer protections. On the list so far is Stake.com, Rollbit.com, DualBits.com, which was featured in our episode, and Rubet. Though further outlets could be added as they continue to, I don't know, alleviate the situation, yeah. evaluate. God, that was all. Can't talk today. Replaced by crypto gambling, which is the same thing. Yeah, crypto. So, crypto is just CS:GO skins with but shitty. <laughs> In that va- so sports betting, fantasy drafts, and poker are all okay. Yes. Yeah. The t- the targets appear to be the larger ones favored by the community and sponsors in the most trafficked like sections of the category page again um, it's crypto gambling it's like if caesar's casino wants to let you gamble that's fine if DraftKings wants to let you gamble that's fine because those companies are incorporated in america but there's a lot of loopholes to forming a gambling site where you just go to you set up your headquarters in a shack on an island off right. the coast of africa <laughs> and then you pay them like ten dollars a month for like a business license and yeah and you're good to go um, they did start, so referral codes in chat have been nixed. Yeah. Something. That too. Sure. Um, if, if you want to learn more about how shady these places are, uh, there's a Mooncat video. M, it's M-U with an umlaut, N-E, cat. She's a YouTuber. Mm. She did a whole series on like offshore crypto gambling sites and Twitch. Oh, interesting. Very good. I know, because there's, you know, the... They're, they're trying to put a, a stop to the circumventing all the, like the, the pre-existing terms, but we'll see how successful in the long run it ends up being. Um, commendations were bound with hundreds of thousands of people celebrating the decision, despite Hassan's skepticism that the activity simply generates too much revenue to axe outright. Um, we'll need to ask Chris on what this means for the, the future, because you know someone will in time discover a workaround. Um, yeah. Um, also, the, the I know that the, the like, that episode specifically that he hosted, the people in that were getting, like, I think there's some still, some, like, uh, is Andrew mentioned that they might have been let go. Um, yeah. But I think that, I don't think it's fully over. I think there's still, so I was. No. Yeah. I'll get to that, I guess, once it's. Yeah. Run. Finalized. Through, yeah. <laughs> Um, it can be difficult sometimes to keep up with, like, ongoing stories, because then I'll just have to keep, I'll have to keep going back and editing. And uh, so then it's. uh. Our coverings of the development of the Xbox 360, uh, I believe we're done here, unless uh, you wanted to interject anything, Austin. It's still no. the most influential console ever. Mm-hmm. Still Respect great. It. Yeah. Uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have the Ouya, 
an object commercial failure of a home platform that killed its support by the complete shuttering of its onboard services back in 2019, a move that effectively turned the device into a brick. Um, <laughs> at least that was the case until uh, in August this summer when a modding group was <laughs> was able to uh, like successfully uh, ac- access pulled content, thus making the system usable again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, to those wonderful maniacs that were looking to preserve its bungled library. For posterity, not not to not to underpin what they did, but it's Android. I can imagine mm. that that there's a lot of modders out there who would, would take any Android device and make it workable if it isn't true. Uh, a hobbyist by the name of Christian was um, uh, achieved this by essentially creating a spoofed server that would allow mm-hmm. users to gain the ability to sign um, like into their dead profiles and install their purchased games. The restoration of this feature even gives those uh, owners um, the means to boot and play their catalog for the first time since the shutdown. Um, what's extra cool about this, from what I've read on hackaday.com, uh, the process to actually make it work doesn't sound complicated for the average Joe. Um, all that's required is the modifying of a few config files to connect to a different online address, and mm-hmm. boom, you're partying like it's 2012. Yep. The real challenge is finding something fun to do with your efforts after. Burn, yeah. ooyah. Because um, Towerfall got ported, what else? what else is there? Uh, I think there's some like anime wallpapers that uh-huh yeah. a lot of porn things probably <laughs> a yule log yeah. app yeah um yeah my fi- my digital fireplace <laughs> but yeah go to those people don't let the shitty planned obsolescence win or unplanned in their case yeah. um no man's sky despite already winning fans respect back a thousand times over they go on to put out update after update half a decade later making improvements and adding everything from base building to crossplay to co-op modes They've since done a full port to the Switch. Um, that's all launched last month in October. Um, word on the street is that this took quite a lot uh, for them to get finished, overcoming technical uh, restraints. What? On the Switch? <laughs> Those hurdles. No. Uh, for it to be hosted on such low-powered hardware. Uh, they have gone on record explaining that the edition does contain all of the content patches, though the multiplayer won't um, be ready until an unspecified date in 2023. Also in store is that Hello Games announced in June 2022 that they are not only have plans on a version for the PlayStation VR 2, but a partnership with Apple is going to help them bring it to iOS mobile and iPad. Just taking advantage of the framework with Metal Effects shown at the Worldwide Developers Conference in California. Yep. And that studio never ceases to surprise. Mm-hmm. Well, kudos to them. I know they've been consistently working on No Man's Sky this whole time, but did they, have they since announced like any... They did another game. Did they? Last Bonfire. Oh, that, that I believe went right by me. Yeah, there's another Hello Games game and i'm sure they're working on something else probably yeah yeah um just maybe not in the not a lot we know in the public like space yet um then we had our two-parter on the columbine rpg nothing further with that ign's plagiarism scandal with philip Mewson. um are you digging up on what that weasel's up to these days you know no i could look it up (laughs) um but he probably still sucks well, I have no doubt. Short, short answer. <laughs> um, There's a big guy for there, isn't it? Googled it, and let's see. His last video was mm-hmm. a year ago, and the second video I got recommended was he got interviewed by Colin Moriarty on his podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> things things seem to be going swimmingly over there oh. in, in canceled space. <laughs> it's just, it writes itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy, 
Okay. <laughs> Next was the saga. That was the formation of the ESRB and uh, the Brown versus the Entertainment Merchants Association. There was a single minor <clears throat> correction for myself that I did want to disclose. As of now, um, well, I don't want to say I'm a proud owner, but I am an owner of a Panasonic 3DO. <laughs> uh, in the episode, I stated that, similar to Sony and Sega and Nintendo, that the, um, that the group is in agreement with them to adhere to the same rating system and guidelines alongside their competitors. Then I later discovered that this is uh, was just partially true. Uh, according to uh, like a backdoor policy, the publishers who distributed software on the 3DO could voluntarily send their products in to get certified through the ESRB's board or opt out to put the like console manufacturer's own age labels on instead. Mm-hmm. This may have been like a way to like dodge the fee associated yeah. with such a process. Um, it's strange to notice how it varies on the boxes from game to game. Um, I know it would have barred them from selling inside of the bigger retail outlets since that's what was on the government's contract with the ESA. Um, it is odd, though. Like, Atari had to follow it with the Jaguar, I believe, but I don't know what made Panasonic so different. But, I mean, of course, like, they were on a fast track to implode anyway, so it didn't even super matter in the end. Well, those yeah, they're consumers. just like, they're either going to shut us down or we're going to fail, so. Yeah, exactly. And we and can't really put any barriers between us and the people making our games because so like there are not many of them. The only 3DO games that you could buy at, like, Electronics Boutique were the ones that got raided, and the other ones, they could get sold at, like, CompUSA or whatever. You just, like, mail in a check or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the 90s. <laughs> a simpler time. Yeah, right. Um, episode 22 chronicled the tale of uh, much-respected writer and editor Jeff Gersman and his oh, termination boy. from the uh, website GameSpot following a collection of controversial do have, reviews. Do you have any updates on Jeff Gersman terminations? <laughs> Backed by corporate sponsorship. <laughs> boy, do I! <laughs> Uh, so in a neat twist, this led to him founding Giant Bomb, uh, of course, in 2008, an undeniable influence on us. Mm-hmm. Not that their uh, tenure in this, in you know, in the field negates them from their uh, own company pivots, but um, and after many significant uh, changes with their main staff, something we spoke on in the last recap, the community and myself were shocked to learn that on uh, June 6, 2022, that uh, Jeff was departing uh, GB effective immediately. Yep. Uh, this news arriving nearly a year to the day when three of the other former popular alumni were leaving as well. For anyone keeping up uh, with that scene, I'm talking, of course, about uh, Brad, Vinny, and Alex, who all went to start Nextlander. Um, so less than 24 hours later, Jeff confirmed a new podcast by raising income via Patreon. He went on to elaborate in a stream that this decision stemmed from stress and being creatively stifled by increasing bureaucracy under their parent group uh, who purchased them in 2020, Red Ventures. Uh, This coupled with a desire to focus more on the production itself, which I can absolutely acknowledge. It's just a bummer. I personally find it painfully boring to listen to. It's so stripped down, uh, even with his unique perspective. Like, I'm so glad he's happier in his career this way, but long unedited, unscripted solo content for me. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. Your interviews are still great. But we'll probably never know the entire story as to what caused this separation, their acquisition, personal logistics with families, and schedulings, as aforementioned disagreements on the creative side of things. We can theorize forever. Uh, what I could formulate was that this came from a, a post a like, an experimental shift, would you say, in their output. Uh, mm-hmm. Perhaps it wasn't landing like they thought it would. Uh, this topic does come with well, at first, somewhat of a silver lining. Uh, the same day that uh, Jeff Gersman was 
the show, uh, sorry, the Jeff Gersman show kicked off and was um, graciously funded. The five crew members left the Giant Bomb, posted an open letter showcasing their reorganization strategy. And honestly, it kind of like fucking ruled out of the gate. Uh, Jan's been an amazing host. In addition to him, Rory, Jason, Jess, and Jeff Bacalar, they've brought in friends, notable talent from across the industry as fresh hires. Uh, Tamar Hussein and Lucy James, uh, I love them. Um, which said uh, they're they're also ex GameSpot. Well, no, they're still they're still GameSpot. Game yeah. yeah, sorry. Uh, Jeff Grubb was one of the best reporters in the field. Is now a full timer. Fucking <laughs> Dan Riker came back and a director role. Um, uh, it's I genuinely feel that it's the best position that site has been since pre COVID. Um, like I love the group and and it, yes. it, and, and look into the game. And if you were someone who maybe fell off before, written reviews and formal quick looks have returned. I only wish there was some more consistency on who was on what feature. That could get confusing. The, yeah. ro- the rotating chair and the react streams and bombcast, like it's it's strange considering all these like, you know, these faces in the mix. And that was it for this section until then. Andrew informed us that on October third last month, that the company Fandom, who handles many entertainment brands, had acquired not only Gamespot, uh, sorry, Giant Bomb from. Red Ventures, though also sister websites uh, like GameSpot and Metacritic, Game FAQs, and even TV Guide and Comic Vine, they're all under that umbrella now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they previously had bought Screen Junkies and Curse Media, Fanatical, so it isn't too surprising, I suppose. They host a ton of wikis and the like, so maybe they wanted access to their like extensive games database. I'm not sure. What we do know is that those sites have... The worst, most invasive fucking ads ever to the well, point that they barely even function on mobile. Well, so... Hopefully this bodes well. Uh, fandom got in a lot of trouble because after they bought Curse, the reason they bought Curse is because they wanted to get into eSports. Curse is an nice. eSports organization. Yeah. And they used to put their own streams up as ads. Oh, you told me about this. And then the stream would autoplay while you yeah. were looking up, like, what Star Wars character slept with which Star Wars character <laughs> or whatever. As I do. Yeah, as you often do. Yeah. And they counted those as views, which would then up the price of the ads they would sell on the esports side. Pretty sneaky, sis. Because esports advertising is far more lucrative than wiki advertising. I, I, I bet. Yeah. So that sucks. They're not a great company. No. Uh, apparently, um, small little update for this. I don't know if you heard about this, but apparently, Wikipedia, which was that's their the biggest yeah. wiki, the obviously. Big, that's the one I remember. Uh, apparently, ga- gained independence from from <laughs> fandom. Wow. The rebels fought back. Mm. <laughs> Took down the empire, baby. <laughs> that's great. Yep. Um, <laughs> apparently, uh, according to the moderators of Wikipedia, that company is a nightmare. And I can neither mm. confirm nor deny, obviously, but I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, Ventures didn't sound much better, but that rain didn't last for long. Two years? Yeah. Two, two issues. And that yeah. was part of a $500 million deal, and this was just 50 so the margins must have not been delivering to take a, such a bath on that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this changing of the hands then uh, led to Gersman being able to... Break NDA. Yeah, to, uh, to be slightly more open on the the divorce, directly stating in an uploaded video on October 25th, he was actually fired from RV just three weeks before his plan to leave. Uh, in the monologue, he goes on to say the messy separation was due to the higher-ups supposedly catching wind of his exit and thus decided to push him out the door ahead of schedule. In turn, this destroyed any goodbye content with the staff and canceled his upcoming E3 trip 
and meeting with Keeley for Summer Games Fest. Um, he also mentions that there was uh, another offer proposed, this from a group uh, he does not disclose, could have been G4, which uh, we'll get to. So if that, was, uh, if that was it, then he definitely made the right call there. Um, he then ends the subject sending well regards to his ex-coworkers, no ill will there, uh, obviously. But, um, you know, and he's, he's now a father of two, so it don't, like, it's just, but, yeah, terminated again. Like, and this time from the, found, like, he the yeah, he, he built. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it's so extremely Sucks. fucking unfortunate. Um, perhaps one day everyone can reunite again, though. As of right now, I very much doubt it. It was interesting, though, because there was a lot of speculation when Red Ventures bought Giant Bomb. Their content plan shifted, like you said. Yes, yeah. To... Something that the Giant Bomb audience was, I know we were not fans of, but it, on the whole, the Giant Bomb audience was not fans of. It was very comparable to, like, Rooster Teeth or something. Like, it was yeah. with wanting to work with other creators, but not in a way that felt cohesive. And it, a the narrative formed, that, which was a very obvious narrative, that Jeff left because they destroyed his creation and were making him do shit he didn't want to do. But now it seems... Now that it went back, it seemed like maybe that was actually his... That was his thing because the second he left, it went back to old Giant Bomb. They started doing quick looks again. They Uh brought Dan back. They're on Professional Fridays, all that stuff. Like, it it all just came back into form without Jeff. Mm -hmm. So, who knows? Uh, Yeah. But it, it is interesting. And uh, sorry, I didn't mean it, it, like to, for us to get so attached to that one there, but it, it, I, it was rad seeing them all get to hang in person again for that mega stream. Yes. Uh, even if the sound was poor, it's still mm-hmm. it's heartwarming. And they, they uh, just did uh, Extra Life as well. Yes. But um, uh, Halo, the birth of a killer app. Um, I was waiting on that split screen co-op for Infinite until it was fucking canceled in August, September. Yeah. <sighs> They just released the update Sucks. with the online multiplayer like a week ago. And Forge mode. Sidebar, it is sort of a bummer with just like how much they were slaying it when that game like first like only to fall behind on their, their seasons and promises with people. It's difficult to gauge the overall appetite with it as as of this recording, but I'm sure it's just as much of a gas as it was like before uh, you know, like, it, it suffers it just got to do a better job of keeping it rolling it's it suffers slightly from the problem of when you when you drive away the casual fans you, all you're left with are the hardcore fans and oh good point ah listen i'm a big halo fan and i'm pretty good at halo but not fun yeah, it's not as fun yeah when everybody is fucking sliding all over the place and headshotting <laughs> you with the sniper rifle without scoping and yeah also that split screen thing is oh like is like a, as much as I love Halo, that is a decision that I do not. Because I would say like you could experience the campaign, like we could obviously play it online or whatever. But like that's such a shitty thing to do. It, yeah. I really don't want to support that. And decision. it's it's how we've I've played well, especially after five, because it was all this pushback from five mm-hmm. not having split screen, and then they were like, all right, we, we won't ever like allow that to like to happen again. And then like you know, Gears came out with split screen, both Gears four and Gears five, and and then it was like. I guess it was just a limited, like technically just couldn't figure, maybe just the, the changing of the structure of that game being open world just proved too difficult. I don't know. No, because it still it, has people, online multiplayer. It's the same right, thing. Yeah. And people modded it. it ha- did you yeah. or did you see that? Or was it like, wasn't a mod. It wasn't it was a mod. A it was like an exploit, like to get it was an split exploit, screen. Yeah. It worked. And, and apparently like it ran like totally fine and like mm-hmm. was rendered at a like high resolution. I don't know. It just had to be like, I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of 
guessing here, but it's almost like they had, uh, as far as the tier of priority goes, they just had to invest m- more, you know, they had to allocate more of the time and resources and people into keeping yeah, them online. I, under- multiplayer I understand the business decision if you're doing split-screen multiplayer, online multiplayer, and forge, and you have to cut one cutting yeah. split-screen. Because they're going to be like, hey, there's going to be like, the X many amount of people that are going to be really pissed about this, and we're gonna we're just gonna swallow that pill, take the hit, and move on. You but know, you are like, tarnishing a legacy. You are, yeah. Then, which is the the sad part about it. I love Halo. I'm, it really upsets me. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have the live episode. Uh, Warner Brothers fight with Fallout over Westworld. Um, hey, do you think we'll ever see any represent uh, representation of that property in multiverses? It got renewed again. Or no, wait, it, like, it, got canceled. it got canceled. Yeah, it's season they, they were gonna four do, or five. They were going to do a final season, okay. and then the Warner Brothers Discovery merger <laughs> uh, axed that. I thought everybody seemed to hate it anyway, where it was at. Like, yeah. Whatever. Who gives a butt? <laughs> so this is a sad one. Uh, in relation to our series on Sega's rise and eventual lead up to their exiting of the console space, uh, Bernie Stolar, a key character throughout not just the history of Sega, but also a prominent figure for several outside um, major gaming giants as well. Uh, he was hired by Atari for assistance in their arcade division. He led development of the, the Lynx handheld. He was involved in the founding of Sony Computer Entertainment of America. Maybe you've heard of him, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know essential to the launch of the PlayStation 1, intersecting with our episode on that. Um, I think that, that, that was yours. Um, he famously signed many beloved new franchises there, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Ridge Racer, Oddworld. Uh, he then he left them to become president and chief operating officer at Sega of America, where he spearheaded the decision to kill the Saturn in preparation for the incoming Dreamcast, along with creating uh, 2K Sports. Um, after, he went to Marvel Toys, Adscape Media, Google, Get Fugu, partnerships with Steam, and finally a chairman at Zoom in 2014. Um, sadly, he... Um, he would pass away on uh, June 22nd, 2022, at the age of 75 from an undisclosed long-standing illness. Uh, tributes were paid to him in Forbes, Game Informer, even the New York Times by many of his close friends and colleagues. He was often spoke very highly of. Um, former CEO of uh, Sony Interactive, Ken Kutaragi, uh, cited his devotion and passion across his career. The sentiment was echoed by countless others who worked beside him, also noting his kind reputation and modest demeanor. He sounded like a real good dude. It's a shame to see him go. And the, uh, the imprint he's had, though, that's permanent. Coming out of this, uh, there probably isn't anything update-worthy as far as the oh, Nintendo's... Oh, that other chick died, too. ...battle with the Lex, Let's Players. Wait, who? The designer of uh, Skies of Arcadia. Oh, She's no. She's like a very famous producer and designer at Sega. Was that... I have to look up Was right that now. after this? Or? Yeah, this was in October, October 27th. Oh. Not that long ago. Uh, Sega developer, this is from Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. Sega developer, I'm going to fucking butcher this name, I'm so sorry. Riko Kodama has died. Hmm. Uh, pioneering designer and contributor to Fantasy Star, Skies of Arcadia, Alex Kidd, Sonic, Altered Beast, Fantasy Zone. That's a lot. Yep. Mm, a, lot of, out. a lot of tweets from people, Yuji Naka. Mourned her on Twitter. Yeah. Dang. So two big Sega. Yeah, for real. People. Um, the so the let's players. Do you know if Nintendo's still shitty with that? I don't know. If I mean, yeah, I think YouTube's just shitty at this point. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's no. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay, then it's uh, 
Final Fantasy 15, our never, or 14, sorry, never-ending housing crisis, the, the digital one, I mean, not the real one. That's a separate podcast. Mm-hmm. But correspondents have informed us uh, via an article in Fanbyte, uh, published April 19th, 2022, that in a recent patch, 6.1, dedicated to implement changes for acquiring in-game property by means of a reworked lottery system, did not go according to plan. Um, users who entered in hopes of drawing those winning numbers came out empty-handed due to a critical bug in their code. Luckily, days later, the problem was addressed in a post from director-producer Nokai Yoshida, mentioned that uh, previous results were to be restored by the 26th without registering for said lottery or relinquishing their current land. Those who won could rightfully claim their prize lot, and the losers had a chance to accept a gill refund within 90 days. Um, Apparently, those or these cycles are intended to run on a continuous nine-day period, although the glitch did cause a suspension of this feature until the troubleshooting and testing were completed. This for all worlds. So, uh, uh, happy hunting to those poor souls. Uh, meanwhile, it appears that Square Enix has begun cracking down on third-party tools and some mod support inside of Final Fantasy XIV, to which this uh, was <laughs> met with c- negative criticism. Um, but I digress learn that another day maybe enjoy that decade roadmap they've gotten the works I don't know if they're still like doing the same numbers that they were a year ago Yoshi is doing uh, Final Fantasy 16 really good for him I think he passed the torch to somebody else to maintain 14 I think he's in charge of 16 he's like I've had enough of this (laughs) um, Square's only got two people left the dude that made Kingdom Hearts was you (laughs) <laughs> and then that guy, so. Yeah. Um, as far as mods go, co- coincidentally enough, that brings us to the custom sub-content war for the for Skyrim. Not that Bethesda would dare to mess that up again. Uh, episodes 32 and 33, Destiny. How's two rolling? You jumped back in there. It's fine. It's the same. <laughs> okay. Is there, is there no more Disney vault lock in the old missions anymore? No, they right. still do that. Oh. They're not doing it anymore. I don't know. I don't know how it works. It's all confusing. Hmm. Um, I do want to explore this. Uh, this was uh, this year. Uh, announced through Twitter, Sony officially purchased Destiny and um, OG Halo developer Bungie. The deal was first revealed back in January, while the acquisition was then formally closed on July 15th. It was listed for, quote, approximately $3.7 billion on the SEC filings. That's um, a lot. Yeah. Um, That's... 3.7 Instagrams. <laughs> T- times have changed. <laughs> Despite, uh, I know, that's like almost a Star War. Yeah, yeah. almost. Almost. Uh, or a Marvel. Uh, despite now being underneath the PlayStation blanket, they did state that they would continue to independently publish and create their own games with CEO uh, Pete Parsons, assuring that future project won't just be Sony exclusives. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bungie's Joe Blackburn and Justin Truman also gave uh, their thoughts on the combining of forces with how Sony, mostly known today for their big-budget single-player experiences, was wishing to expand further into the realm of the um, live-service space by using their expertise. Uh, SIE's Jim Ryan supported this, saying that they hope to release 10 of them by March 2026. So they'll all survive. Is it expertise when your fans all hate you? (laughs) It's just the money. That's all that (laughs) <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter if your fans hate you as long as they pay you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, as for the buy itself, it quickly came off the, the heels of um, Take-Two's acquiring of Zenga in May 2022. 
Embracer's race to own all the B properties ever made. And, uh, of course, uh, Microsoft's fucking massive bid for Activision Blizzard at a whopping $68.7 billion, an unrivaled record. Uh, that's set to finalize in 2023. Yeah, which, yeah. ironically enough, Sony is out there battling it. I know. Because they're yeah. like, they're going to take Call of Duty away from us. It's like, motherfucker, you just bought Bungie. <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. You, you think just, De- Destiny 3 is in You just don't have the money to buy Activision. I don't know. That's true. Man, what a war. The Halo people now belong to Sony, and there's a PlayStation Studios title on Game Pass, or on Xbox Game Pass, day one. It's crazy. <laughs> day Aaron would be alive. I, I think the, the one that broke my brain the most was when Minecraft came out on uh, Switch, and it, it does the, like, popping up of achievements. Mm-hmm. And that's like, I always thought that was some weird, like, you know, company mandate, no, no, like just, just like built within the BIOS of the Xbox or like, yeah. but it's crazy. Um, as far as I can tell, PSN hasn't had any huge breaches lately, right? Nah, I mean, they get DDoS like every Christmas, but other than that, <laughs> no. Uh, this then goes into our first commentary track and coverage of the cinematic masterpiece slash disaster that was the live action Super Mario Brothers film, depending on who you ask. Do we love updates it. on this? Um, well, okay, so, I, so the uh, the only, like, piece of trivia I did want to add here, uh, this in response to the, the, the 93 version, not the animated movie from Illumination that is yet to debut in theaters. Yeah. They did drop that teaser trailer. Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. <laughs> uh, can't wait. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I brought up... Uh, Sorry, this is on the, the yeah on the last recap. You know, you know, I brought up that the restoration group who tweeted at us, uh-huh. uh, the the one that it's so apparently it's it's led by or no, it was a fan group. Sorry, the preserv- um the but the restoration group was is led by uh, Garrett Gilchrist, um, yeah. who had rescued uh, all that unused footage and shared it. Um, so I had not realized at the time that he was a former partner and collaborator with the company Red Letter Media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whom I adore. Yep. Uh, he even appeared in their How Not to Make a Movie documentary uh, alongside Mike J and Rich to recount the misery their crew had in the shooting of a was a gorilla interrupted back in '03. But small world. Also, side update: John Leguizamo apparently publicly came out uh, <laughs> in protest uh, of the, the the Illumination Mario really? Brothers movie. Not in protest, but he's like he was just basically like. It's an animated movie. You could have cast another person of color to play one of the main leads. It kind of sucks that you didn't. And I'm like, yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah. even I mean, th- I mean, the casting of the the live it was a a British man and a Latino man playing two Italian men. But yeah, but no, you're right. Like the, the, there should be the, the, a, a more diversity in that cast. Mm-hmm. At least you have like key is Toad, I guess. Yeah. So that's, um. But you're right. I mean, it, it, as far as like the voice, like it, yeah. Well, who who would have been the most famous uh, Italian American actors <laughs> to play Mario and Luigi? Like, I don't know. Did, did you see like, um, or did you rather listen to the Joe uh, Pesci? <laughs> yeah. Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro <laughs> be better than the Irishman. Um, did yeah. you? Did you? Uh, this people have used like AI. A generation to like for to have the voice like Chris Pratt's lines be Charles Martinet. Mm-hmm. It does sound more genuine, albeit like in not human, but that's 
Uh, moving on, we have the Battlefront 2 loot box fiasco, which we all know are mostly gone in favor of the equally evil Battle Pass. Uh, then the clusterfuck of the Nintendo PlayStation. No catching ups needed there. That prototype has uh, remained with the same owner. Yep. Um, microtransactions 1. Um, interestingly, I have two to pull from for that. So this Kotaku link was shared to us by our own Andrew Banks on January 4th, 2022. Quote, Justin Wong gets to relive legendary Street Fighter moment 37. As we covered, it is still often fondly remembered as the most uh, ultimate comeback in fucking esports pretty much ever. Um, this occurring at Evo in 2004 from professional player Daigo. Well, here we are nearly uh, 18 goddamn years later, and those watching on Twitch were able to witness the fun all over again. Wong was squaring off against a Japanese opponent named uh, Kapji in Street Fighter III Third Strike. And after a handful of back and forth rounds, uh, 28 minutes into the stream, some serious deja vu would hit. <laughs> um, upon his own uh, Ken at a single pixel of health, he successfully parried yet another close to impossible string of Chun-Li kicks to dodge. Uh, the chat went apeshit as Wong shouted, you think you Daigo? You ain't Daigo. <laughs> as the blocks uh, commenced, oh, he Daigo. He Daigo. He admitted in defeat. Uh, resulting in a loss by way of the exact same outcome uh, those many years ago. Uh, it was intense, and even though it may not have uh, shared the effect of pulling it off, like like or the same effect of pulling it off in front of a, a cheering crowd of hundreds of fans and live in person, um, it was still an impressive feat. Uh, that's not scripted. He digoed me, he said. Uh, in the end, Wong did end up uh, winning the full match, although, uh, hey, it was one for the books. Uh, on February 1st, a package was sent to him containing a framed screenshot of the event, uh, a warm-hearted prank that he took a, like a champ yeah. <laughs> in stride. There was a there was somebody recreated the moment 37 in Street Fighter in the Street Fighter 6 uh, alpha or whatever. <laughs> and he that. just retweeted it and he was like, "Stop, guys. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> Leave me alone." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the second update, as per those uh, short topics, uh, put Australian at the center of, and those crosshairs, this on their stance on drugs again. Um, the target this time being 2018's construction and management simulator RimWorld. Um, in February 2022, uh, a previously unshown part, uh, a port of the game for consoles was effectively refused classification by the country's rating board for its depiction of illicit substance use. Uh, following that, the PC version was then yanked from the locally hosted Steam storefront. The devs at uh, Ludon Studios in Montreal soon scrambled to figure out a solution. And by August 21st, the contraband could legally be bought by users once more. Uh, it did get stamped with an 18-plus label in the review application when it was determined that the in-universe mechanics provided disincentives related to the dr uh, drug-taking behavior to the point where it could lead to consequences in-game as, quote, Overdose, addiction, and withdrawal. <laughs> um, when does it, like, when does it not? Like, narc? Is that the last time? Yeah, like, I was trying, like, well, I guess... I guess Skuma technically has positives to it. Blitz the League? <laughs> oh, no, I That's think true. there also is, a like, a negative, like... Yeah, you fucking take steroids and then you get injured easier. <laughs> and your balls shrink. <laughs> the stickler would be if it was, um... It's basically like whether or not it's represented positively. It also calls attention to the fact that these are uh, depicted at a distance, um, though, I guess through a top-down perspective in a highly stylized and simplified form, they say. Um, 
The team responsible for the overturn had uh, lent their hand at um, preventing uh, Disco Elysium from suffering a similar fate as well in 2021. Uh, like they like fought for them. Look for an episode in the distant future about Disco Elysium for sure. Yeah. Um, Gearbox. Yeah. <laughs> so as uh, far as their pride and joy Borderlands goes, we've seen not one but two new entries into the franchise this year, each with mixed reception, deservingly so. Uh, the Tiny Tina's, well, maybe that could be a little high. I don't know. But uh, the Tiny Tina's Wonderland spinoff game shipped in March of 2022, while a non-Telltale, non-episodic follow-up to Tales from the Borderlands, a personal favorite of mine, saw a release last month in October. It's... Profoundly disappointing. Uh, I won't get into it. Uh, meanwhile, I would like to say that Tiny Tina's Wonderlands is also profoundly disappointing. Yeah. Yes. Not surprised. No. Uh, meanwhile, Mr. Randy Pitchford has been busy. Uh, when not selling his used uh, shirts for charity or hanging out with movie stars through the as of right now yet to be screened Borderlands film, uh, mm-hmm. not even a trailer. Um, in April of 2022, it was reported by Kotaku that the magician himself has officially purchased iconic Hollywood hotspot, the Magic Castle. Uh, the I bu- just, every time somebody brings that up, I think about the, uh, the arrest. Do you ever watch Arrested Development? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, okay. There's a joke in there where there's a British guy and he keeps saying the Magic Asshole, but people <laughs> think he's saying the Magic Asshole. Either fits here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wasn't calling Randy Pitchford an asshole, uh, but I just... I was. Uh, there's a lot of assholes that apparently uh, are frequent visitors of this joint. Um, the building is home to the Academy of Magical Arts and also a log sheet of quite serious allegations and scandals, including sexual assault, abuse, and harassment, as well as discrimination claims on the basis of both race and gender. It was also featured in She-Hulk. Really? Mm-hmm. What reason did they have... Uh, it's a long story, but basically she's a lawyer. And so the spoilers, I guess, for She-Hulk, she's a lawyer. And the whole show revolves around she gets a job as a lawyer for superheroes. And then Wong from Doctor Strange hires her to cease and desist a former disciple of his who stole one of those things that they can do the ring with. Like a Green Lantern ring? No, no, no. Oh, the the, oh, yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. that they, they put on their hand yeah, to, to make the portal. To make the portal. And he uses that in his act because he's like a shitty magician that performs at the Magic Castle. And then he opens the wrong portal and it gets attacked by like demons. And then Wong Does, and She-Hulk have to save him. Was it filmed there? Or does it actually say like the Magic Castle? It says the Magic Castle. I don't know if it was filmed there. Probably not. Okay. Um, so, uh, and for those that want to look more into that that horrible ugliness, these instances uh, were initially made public via a um, LA Times investigation in 2020. Uh Charges were said to be happening, although whether or not this escalated is uh, widely unknown as of now. Knowing that, Randy Pitchford seems like the right owner. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> uh, um, and the, this, the same goes also, like, in, the, in terms of the unknown thing, uh, for what Pitchford paid for the landmark. One that in 1989 had been coined a, quote, cultural monument in the city of Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, he is the first person to hold the um, ownership title... Uh, outside of the Glover family, who was in operation of the it. The Glover? <laughs> Since 1961, I knew. <laughs> I didn't know he owned the Magic Castle. That's crazy. I love his game. Yeah. 
It just got re-released on Steam, I yeah, think. Yes, it did. Uh, so do with this uh, what you will, folks. Penn and Teller are excited about it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. They... <laughs> All right. So uh, the less said about hatred, the better. But I do have an amusing uh, factoid to speak on regardless. Uh, remember when the um, voice actor for the quote-unquote antagonist decided to hide his identity pre-launch of the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, either in shame or perhaps foreseeing the ensuing controversy. Uh, well, his name may not be in the credits, but those that dug into it discovered the face behind our edgelord mass shooter character was actually one Tom Clark Hill, closer known to some as the charming Sergeant Cortez from the Time Splitter series mm. and Colonel Stark in Second Sight. Uh, each from Free Radical Entertainment. Uh, he has also lent his talents to the Kill Zones, the Witchers, the Sniper Elites. He's a uh, Kender in Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, but yeah, can you believe he didn't want hatred on his? Uh, That's weird. Resume repertoire. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we then have our 2018 Halloween specials. Um, uh, nothing with Polybius or Hong Kong '97, as assumed, though we. Do have a tiny add-on to the Resident Evil story and a rather tragic update in terms of our infamous football curse. Uh, this time, not on a player's misfortune, but on the figure himself, legendary coach and commentator John Earl Madden, who directly insisted in kicking off one of gaming's biggest IPs ever, passed away on December 28th, 2021, at his house in California. He was 85, and the cause of death uh, was not disclosed. Um, now, Madden well, curse strikes again. <laughs> yeah, they have made... Maybe for the last time. Uh, now, while it's well, they put him on the cover this year. Well, that's not, yeah, I was going to yeah. get to that. Um, it's, 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 so it's, uh, it's always been easy to rib his uh, signature like vocal delivery and relationship to the traducan. Um, it is important to also state that by near all accounts, uh, those who worked alongside him during his storied career had practically nothing but the nicest things to say about Apparently him. Apparently, he's an awesome dude. Yeah, yeah. He, he genuinely, genuinely fucking loved American football and really devoted his life to just, like, wanting to share that affection with as he many people as possible. Too. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just, like, this isn't even, like, directing, like, towards, like, only enthusiasts. Like, his whole style, like, um, either through the games or otherwise, was to make the sport as, like, wel welcoming and accessible as he could to anyone, like, mm -hmm. willing. Like, and an effort I, I definitely commend, considering how goddamn complicated those rules can get. Mm -hmm. um, had that cameo in The Simpsons. It's pretty great. Uh... On June 1st, 2022, Electronic Arts, uh, publisher of the Madden franchise, announced in a sweet gesture, as Austin uh, alluded to, that they would be um, honoring his legacy by featuring him as the cover athlete on uh, NFL 23 and in uh, um, commemoration. Not only that, um, but they used the original cover from the original Madden. Yeah, I didn't. Cute. Yeah, the picture uh, that is snapping the uh, moment where he was celebrating his Super Bowl 11 victory as yeah. the head coach for the Oakland Raiders. Yep. But that's a nice throwback where it all yep. started back in, I think that first game was 1988. Yep. Uh, so the uh, the real kicker, no pun intended, was that the product itself didn't seem to deliver when taking a peek at the reviews. It's just Madden. It didn't it used to be. There was no. a time where, like, Madden was some of the highest rated games on Metacritic. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Now, going back to Resi, I can attempt to uh, cheer us up a bit. Uh, when on August 1st, 2022, one of the uh, greatest mysteries surrounding the franchise's debut on the original PlayStation has been solved. Maybe. Uh, that beautiful opening FMV sequence, uh, for being so notable, there was interestingly, like, little to go on when it came to the cast selected for their roles. Uh, the performers playing Chris, Barry, Rebecca, and Wesker were all found, 
like throughout the years. However, the actress who stood in the shoes of the master of unlocking, Jill Valentine, remained forever missing. That was till now, maybe. See, concerns with the uh, the, the Screen Actors Guild as a uh, union rules for the format had yet to be set. Uh, led to the on-screen crew using aliases after the shoot, a practice we saw in the OG Mortal Kombat's as well, and we'd run into again years later with uh, even Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time of filming, she was said to be fairly young and had some experience modeling while living in Japan. I think I covered that in the episode. Um, but outside of that, there, there wasn't much. And so while those curious fans did manage to track down her compatriots, two and a half decades later of searching paid off, maybe, when Dr. Raichi on Twitter posted that his friend Talon, Talonide had located Jill's whereabouts, or in Inesia, uh, as what was listed uh, for her in the credits, uh, through the help of the Resident Evil community and that she agreed to do an interview. Except uh, this unfortunately never came to light, and the quote confirmations from those users are still all we have left to go on, mm. uh, or all we have left to go by and, until this gets properly concluded. Was it a lie? Did the person just want to stay anonymous? We may never have the answer. I'll check back in, in yeah. I guess, a year. Um, okay, this is a biggie. <laughs> this takes us to EVE Online. Uh, a one-of-a-kind hellscape of an MMO that as of May 21st, 2022, you too can participate uh, in the insanity for your own, now in browser form. Uh, you heard me by means of uh, the CCP's EVE Anywhere uh, program, I guess, uh, the latest upgrade where those invested into their world of space madness can ditch the software client and jump right in by onboard URL. Power the cloud. Of course, this is only for Omega subscribers, whoever they are, uh, but thanks to the uh, developer's trusted buddy Intel, you can hop on Chrome or Firefox or Safari, whatever, on any device, and bam, can't set your fingertips. Uh, also, if you were wondering if that entire economy system is still fucked, this feature alone costs 30 plex, or about $1.50 every 24 hours to access. What? They got to get theirs, you know? Just download the fucking client. (laughs) What the fuck? Um, The service will extend to each Uh territory soon. Oh, and I I almost forgot. This this came after uh, uh, another one of their uh, major collabs. Um, Earlier on March 6th of this year, uh, GamesRadar revealed that... Eve was to be entering a partnership with Microsoft fucking XL. (laughs) Um, uh, So back in 2020, a spreadsheet mode was inserted so that players could uh, more reliably track their in-game currency uh, resources and ships without the pesky rendering of all those, you know, assets like the graphics, like visually. So this was shown at the annual Eve Fan Fest with the promise that their new JavaScript API would allow you to quickly export data directly into the Excel program, making it simpler to, quote, access and calculate everything from profit margins to battle strategies. As somebody who has written a lot of programs that export stuff to Excel, not that hard. Really? Yeah. Uh, you, you You should be working for them. No, I'm good. They'll pay you in Plex. I don't want to work for where are they from? Iceland? <laughs> Iceland seems pretty cool. Good yeah, music. Fermented sheep's head every day for dinner. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the, the audience was hella into it. Uh, Devs went on to say that this was another step to bring in the casual, <laughs> casual, and uh, season market. There were also plans to modernize the audio, graphics, and UI to current standards. When I think casual, I think Microsoft Excel. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 
that before you know like like the the, the what the game actually looks like mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh i don't know this shit is wild man like props to him for keeping the obsession alive i guess uh since 2003 apparently there's even um extra narrative content in the works to continue the lore I find, I love it. I just don't want to touch it. Uh, yeah. Like admiring it from afar is my motto for this one. It's like I, would a giant bomb have the bit about being it just like you want to be like a. It's like getting a uh, a journalist press pass for something like yeah. you just want a walking tour guide of like <laughs> of Eve Online. <laughs> um. So, uh, Warcraft is Warcraft. Classic is up to Wrath of the Lich King. Yes. Yes. And that was on uh, September 26, 2022. Mm-hmm. You feel that uh, that f- war feud with the FF14 is going well for them? I've got no clue anymore. Oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> but that's all whatever because we just hit the one-year checkmark. Yay. <laughs> Go us. Um, past our first award special, there was the voice actor strike. A fairly recent case of bullshit managed to bring that discussion back. Um Boy, all right. Uh, so, upon the gameplay reveal trailers for the much-anticipated Bayonetta 3, fans were quick to point out the not-so-subtle recasting of the titular main character's vocal performance. Uh, indeed, industry veteran Jennifer Hale was now sporting the role over previous actress Helena Taylor. At the time, the director of the project, um, Yusuke Miyata, uh, stated it was due to, quote, various overlapping circumstances... Then uh, years of quiet then went by until on October 15th, 2022, um, 13 days before the game's scheduled release, Taylor uploaded a series of videos claiming the reasoning was that, um, like, so she had refused an offer of only 4000 total for the job as it was, you know, insulting, not all reflective of a living, which true, it's not. She then urged her followers to boycott the product and instead donate to charity. I'll get back to that part. Um, <laughs> then two things that happened. Uh, first was the uh, dogpiling on Miata, a contentious public figurehead who had built quite the reputation for himself of being, say, a bit of a like a heel. Like, mm-hmm. like a, um, he quickly denounced her statements as false, as well as quote sad and deplorable while going on to block dozens and dozens of users who responded before temporarily deactivating his account. Many people thought this meant it was, like, suspended. Um, The second target, unjustly, was Jennifer Hale. Uh, She wrote that she was under NDA, but expressed sympathy that voice actors should be paid fairly. I agree. And treated with respect. Also agree. Uh, Further emphasizing her prior advocacy uh, for her fellow peers within the profession. Uh, She then ended the message telling folks to please... uh, keep an open mind about the sheer amount of hard work from everyone that went into making the game. This supported by David Hayter, Estee Bloom, several others. Uh, Platinum Games, the developer, stood behind Hale in their, in, you know, in, in their statement, asking the fan base to refrain from attacking any contributors to the, to the product. Um, now, at the point we're at, it was fairly easy to, like, like to be behind, like, Taylor's plates. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she was correct in wishing for better conditions when it comes to voice acting work, and that initial like offer was shitty. Um, the boycott is a little self-serving, but it was drawing attention to a good cause, even if there was no path to getting her back into Bayonetta's stiletto shoes so close to lunch. Except here's where the fucking sides flip. 
days later, on October 18th, both the Video Games Chronicle and Jason Schreier at Bloomberg reported that the studio was not only prepared to rehire Taylor during production, but that the actual offering was three to 4000 per session, five in its entirety. Uh, the character isn't particularly the most, like, verbose, so it made sense. And also, like, I, I think the game is, some, is like, kind of, now that it's, it's like, it's multiple... It's, it's like Multiple a, protagonists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, that you even play as. Which, the girl that plays the other protagonist is very sweet. Oh, that's good. Um, she posted on Twitter about it, how excited she was to be in this series. And, and this was also in line with the SAG-AFRA union rates. Uh, negotiations then ceased once Taylor requested a six-figure payment and royalties instead. Uh, she also turned down an opportunity for a cameo appearance. That uh, was what the four thousand was for. Oh, that okay. Well, the four thousand came with per, compensation. But four thousand per session, but then a cameo would have been they one. They offered session. her one session as a cameo for four thousand. Gotcha. She declined. She knew it. that and kind of weaponized that. She declined it and then said that that was her initial offer to play Bayonetta, which was. That should have been more clear. A lie. Yes, yes. yes. Um, After this, she went to exclaim that this, uh, ironically, was a, quote, absolute lie and a complete joke and made to save Platinum's ass and that uh, she was done with the franchise. Um, Basically, she got got caught fibbing, red-handed. Yeah, and like... And the documents are out there. You can read them. Completely self-serving because you fucking destroyed any credibility, like, that the movement had. Yes, yeah. Like, actual legitimate voice actors fighting for their rights in the space now have to deal with fans who are like, you're all a bunch of liars. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, they're not. Yeah. She is. And dis- despite the obvious, like, switch in narrative, she returned to Twitter on the 24th to make additional statements that the pitch was originally for 10000 and then an extra 5000 on top of that post the opening complaint. Uh, Platt then went silent for 11 months till the cameo offer came through. I don't regardless it made a mockery of a very real issue like you mm-hmm. said and, and this it, it didn't do anybody any favors yeah and now w- with the SAG contract that, that you went into detail on in, in your episode Austin is, is up for renewal soon mm-hmm. and the conversation surrounding rituals is important I mean the, the man behind like GTA 4 is like Nico Bellic attempted to start a campaign to shine a light on that problem years ago and was like blackballed for it yeah. and it's and it's tough out there for these performers the same goes for those in, in cartoons and anime there's a lot of like shit like a um, crossover there, but uh, anime is specifically bad because they they often hire scabs mm. or tell people to work for nine union rates, and the nine union rates, let me tell you, are way less than four thousand dollars. What's interesting too is that these rules uh, themselves don't like they're not comparable to celebrity casting, yeah. like with the dark picture stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, this this uh, but yeah, she is not the spokesperson for it. Um, especially when uh, one of the charities you were directing people towards is for anti-abortion billboards. So, fuck her. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Bayonetta would not approve of anti-abortion billboards. No, I assume not. <laughs> Seems like she's, a, she's a feminist. <laughs> uh, now, the second microtransactions and uh, the Mirai botnet with Minecraft, nothing to uh, go back to with any of these, thankfully. Um after was my Tetris, like, mega-series, mini-series, mega-series. A um, couple things I wanted to address here. I do have to amend my mistake when it came to the pronunciation of um, Tetraminos. Tetraminos. I know, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> also, I'm not sure if this got cut from the recording, because I swear this was in my script when discussing the official rule change in 95 with the distribution of the peaches. The peaches. The pieces. <laughs> uh, the transition from fully random to the seven bag 
rotation method. It's I really important to those the community. And I don't vital. think I cut anything. No, like that. I I don't. You didn't edit that one. But it was it was vital to the whether right. or not you You're could right, play forever study, and that prior to its implementation, the, the player would never be given uh, a combination of blocks that doomed you to lose, and that the S's and Z's can be can't be cleared in a single move. And this is no longer the case going forward. Yeah, uh, starting with in your favorite, or starting with new Tetris. That's that you know, which also like created the whole piece. And, the best uh, Tetris game, some might say. And I and now the divide between the classic rule set and the modern rule set, but both can live together. So I just I felt the need to explain this. I recently met someone, a uh, shout out who's just as passionate about Tetris as I am somehow, and the, they have a lot of attachment to the NES entry from Bulletproof Software, which going back to, I do respect more. Um, it is what they continue to use in the uh, CT World Championships. That in effect with their met- retro mode, I still think the Ten Game One is better, and that is more or less a direct port of the Atari arcade cabinet with the co-op and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's all. Thanks for humoring me. Um, Twitch. Sorry, I yawned. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I was that a timely yawn? I that? at that specific moment. It's weird. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> uh, Twitch uh, trekked on to beat more Pokemon. Uh, the guy game refrains to be, uh, you know, like, illegal <laughs> materials. Still. Um, uh, oh, here we go. Miss Pac-Man. Interestingly, we do have a few uh, updates with this one. So, in April 2022, it was revealed that the upcoming Pac-Man Museum Plus compilation was not only excluding the addition of the Miss Pac-Man game uh, for their collection due to the ownership of the character not belonging to Namco that you you discussed, covered that, but also that she was being scrubbed from the remastered versions of Pac-Land, Pac-In-Time, and Pac-Attack. Taking her place instead was the inclusion of, quote, Pac-Mom, Complete with a sprite swap. They ditched her bow for a hat. Pac-Mom is a better name. <laughs> While their uh, offspring, uh, Pac-Baby and Junior Pac-Man, were too modified to remove resemblance to their much cooler parent, even Chomp Chomp, the trusted family pet, uh, was renamed, uh, or had a renaming to become Pac-Buddy. Um, that is worse. That is worse. Uh, now, despite there being no, like, Formal clarification on why this was done. We can draw a pretty clear link to the still ongoing dispute between Namco and At Game as the the uh, At with an ampersand, right? the owners of Miss Pac-Man. Uh, God, I can't say Pac anymore. I'm going to go nuts. Um, and in a, a rather amusing coincidence, a month later in May, the World Video Game Hall of Fame announced their newest abductees. Among the list of their watershed releases chose for this year was, you guessed it, Miss Pac-Man, rubbing shoulders with Dance Dance Revolution, Sid Meier's Civilization, and The Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Notably missing is the original (laughs) Pac-Man. So congrats to these titles, and what a hilarious twisting of the knife to Namco. I bet they were not thrilled. How are you going to do a video game Hall of Fame and not have Pac-Man in it, though? Because they got Miss Pac-Man, which is the better Pac-Man. I but agree. you are right. From I agree, like, but like you, there wouldn't be a Miss Pac-Man without Pac-Man. Also, why did it, how old is this place and how long? Why did it take till now for Ocarina of Time to be? In? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I think it's only been going on a few years. Okay. Yeah, I think I think like it hasn't it hasn't been that long. And they like to do they like to do a picking from like a bunch of generations, like rather than just like starting in the eighties. Um, uh, the Valveps, uh, their tale will never truly be over, and Andrew will be returning again to fill us in on some more chapters from their uh, storied uh, history, so stay tuned. Yes, now we have extensive... Please look forward to it. Extensive uh, hands-on with 
the Steam Deck? Yeah, the longer we take, the like the more <laughs> these. <laughs> um, and you've you've got your Steam Deck mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah, played Death Stranding on it. <laughs> Hell yeah, um, uh, Sim City. Maxis is still trapped making exclusively Sim stuff. Will, Will Wright is into crypto and NFTs now, which is a drag. Uh, going on to claim this past October that he is going to make a metaverse blockchain game or something. Come on, Will. It used to be so cool. Don't be a jackass. Uh, In the spirit of disappointment, we're at Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> big, big news with this guy. Uh, on May 9th, 2022, an unfinished beta build of one of the versions of the fabled failure uh, leaked out online on uh, 4chan and was promptly then shared on archive.org. I believe it dated back to 2001 and was mm-hmm. for 3D Realm's uh, E3 floor, is yeah. what's being said. Um, with this uh, was the source code and level editor files, too. Uh, George Broussard was not pleased, though uh, he did uh, confirm its authenticity on Twitter. He went on to say that he did not know how um, this got out or knew who was responsible, although it did cause some friction between him and childhood friend and ex-coworker Scott Miller, whom uh, he founded uh, Apogee with. Uh, Miller stated on his blog that he had, quote, uh, good insight into the issues that turned the endeavor into such a money pit, uh, them being understaffed, not having a decent developer roadmap plan, the switching of engines that you, like, yeah, multiple times, I think that you uh, said there. Uh, basically, he was kind of, he was absolving himself of the problems that arose, not that he explicitly assigned blame to anyone in particular, but uh, Broussard still perceived this as a bit of a slight at him. In response, he fired back, calling his words nonsense, adding that he was a manipulator and a clueless narcissist. Uh, He then ended his tweet with, quote, at least I had the class to keep thoughts private. The finger was then pointed at Miller for Apogee's sale to Gearbox in 2010 and the resulting lawsuits that ensued. Uh, What's strange is that uh, the studio was already in control of the IP previous to this, so that muddies his argument. Um... One he declined to elaborate further on, uh, not wishing to retread a, quote, painful past. Another detail in this mess was that Miller's post mentioned how much that Digital Extremes was eager to take over development in 04, uh, an idea that 3D Realm shot down. Uh, so, I mean, who knows what would have been if that happened. Um, going back to the product itself, it is somewhat playable. There really isn't many objectives to speak of, but the guns are there to toy around with. The opening mission featured as a remake of Duke 3D's intro. That then closes with a sequence that parodies Twin Peaks. Um, there's pipe dream style hacking or to type hacking in it. There's the piss button, casual nudity, larger environments that came into the final release were present there as well, like the you know the casino. Uh, Sam Mekovich of Ars Technica commented on how surprisingly polished portions of it were, such as the audio design. Uh, and I also agree with him how much it resembles Soldier of Fortune. You can really see it with the gore effects, but it looks yeah. like, like and, and the way that the, the weapons sway, like it's, um, or, or maybe like Half-Life 1, it could be analogous to that. Um, supposedly a fan restoration project was started to bring the game to a more complete state, so that's sort of neat. I tried to install it and couldn't get it to work correctly. I don't know, we, sh- we should sit down with that yeah. one night. I'm, I, I bet you could figure it out uh, in a way that I couldn't, but a last uh, positive-ish note depending on how you look at it, is that Miller is hoping to breathe fresh life into Duke again with the assistance of Unreal 5. Um, it would just be up to the, the folks at uh, Embracer Group. Slash uh, Gearbox. Yeah, slash Gearbox. God, when did that happen? Like yesterday? Today? It was today. No, that was Volition. Oh, that was Volition. Right. Duh. No, Gearbox right. is owned Duke since we did the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Episode 65 are retellings of the origin of the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. Well, Austin, did uh, do you want to take this one? And yeah, sure. In regards to their fumbly ass uh, return, activate me. Okay, so <laughs> remember that. It's yeah. All about activations. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> in last year's update, we talked about how E3 2021 was real weird, and how and it was. they had a new plan to reinvigorate the conference in 2022. Update, uh, since we didn't cover it this year, I regret to inform you that due to a surge in COVID-19 mm-hmm. in March of this year, E3 2022 was canceled. Yes. In its place were various <laughs> streams, including uh, Jeff's Summer Games Fest, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a Stony State of Play, the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, a Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase, Devolver, Guerrilla Collective, Wholesome Direct, PC Gaming Show, Capcom Showcase, and then some weird streams like month or two later. Ubisoft did theirs in like September. THQ Nordic did August, and then Ubisoft Forward was in September. And then there was also Gamescom and TGS. Prominent announcements from this year included Street Fighter VI, Callisto Protocol, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 again, uh, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Resident Evil 4's remake, PSVR 2, and some games, including that Horizon game, uh, Forza Motorsports yeah. reboot, sequel, whatever, and um, the resurfacing of a lot of games that we haven't heard from in a while, such as Hollow Knight Silk Song and Final Fantasy 16. Our friends at the ESA did, however, announce that E3 would be back in full force in 2023. <laughs> Not only that, but Jeff Keighley is out. Because they've been backstabbed. Yes. And he did a better thing. Yeah. And management of E3 would be taken over by Reed Pop, the company famous for putting on all the PAXs, as well as New York Comic Con, among many other things. That sounded familiar. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The event is, well, hopefully. Media Circus. Fingers crossed. Take place between June 13th and June 16th, 2023. Once again, taking place in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Yes, yeah, so we'll see if we have something to cover <laughs> potentially. Yes. It will feature this content. It will feature uh, an industry area that is completely separate from Gamer Days, which is a public open facing event. Oh, right, they wanted to split that up. A They're bit. splitting that up. Yeah. The Gamescom does the same thing. Yeah, They're yeah. doing the same thing Games where been doing forever. The first day is industry only, and then from then on, the public's allowed in. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which, again, Gamescom did that. Uh, the event will also feature, quote, partnered digital events and showcases, end quote. So, mm. like I said, our boy Jeff Keeley will no longer be involved, but I'm pretty sure I couldn't find anything, but I'm pretty sure he announced Summer Games Fest is coming back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's certain. Uh, um, Reed Pop, Vice President of Gaming... Kyle Marsden Kish said in a statement, our vision is to reunite the industry by reestablishing the traditional E3 week, quote unquote, bring back that spark and restore E3's role as a truly magical global showcase event for game creators and game consumers. And that's that. (laughs) So we'll see a, if it happens and B, if they're able to restore the magic, (laughs) because let me tell you, E3 certainly was magical. And I feel like uh, you got a lot of work to do yeah, to get good those luck. publishers to play ball. Yeah. 
You gotta you not only have to convince them, but you also have to like win people like a lot of the those working in the press back in terms of just like yeah the various incidents that went wrong. Like the, and you also have competition. You drop the oh ball, yeah you drop the ball so much that. All the other people picked up there. Yeah. Well, the publishers went off and did their own thing. Yeah, but then, not, they but then you also have PC Gamer did their thing, and the Gorilla Collective people did their thing, and then you got Jeff Keighley to compete yeah, with. It's, now, it's tougher so. now than ever. It's, we'll see how this fares. Yep. Yeah, but uh, thank you for that mm-hmm. for that update. Um, microtransactions number three is up. Uh, the only blurb I've got with this sort of huge news tangent like you know to game but like it, it CNN reported on May 10th of this year that FIFA the most uh, ethical governing body of major sports to ever exist uh, is ceasing its uh, partnership with Electronic Arts um, meaning that all future installments of the top selling tie-in gaming franchise worldwide would soon look very different with its branding uh, starting basically now like 2024. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 24. There's still one more year left? No, this this year, 2023 oh, is you, the last FIFA. Right, yes. Sorry. It, so starting in 2024, it'll be branded differently. Okay. Um, and this is after a three-decade sponsorship uh, that the uh, this football soccer uh, series is uh, to be known as EA Sports FC. Yep. And done by the same developers. Um, like that. Uh, so they... The publisher also went on to say that they are still retaining the majority of team and athlete likenesses, this in conjunction with a separate deal with soccer leagues across uh, Europe, and it's associated with the e or with the UEFA, while the official FIFA products themselves will seek out a different studio and distributor to handle the workload, something they have no clue how to do, and for such a budget, um, but they... Uh, They're going to build it on the blockchain, it'll be fine. <laughs> they implore fans that a worthy return will launch in... Uh, 20, yeah, 2024, like you said. Parallel to this, uh, EA's stock took a hefty hit. This is their biggest annual release after all. There's a handful of petty shade thrown back and forth from the president of FIFA and the head of EA Sports about whose title will be better, uh, though I won't recite them since, you know, who cares. It is funny, but our episode was geared more towards those actual scandals than the IP itself. I don't know what this will mean for Supercard, um, but uh, I don't know who, you, who are you placing your bet on? Like EA. EA, EA has the experience with this. EA, yeah. Yep. Anytime a video game entity is going head to head with a non-video game entity, <laughs> you bo- you bet on the video game entity because <laughs> nobody outside of video games understands how fucking hard it is to make <laughs> a video game. Yes, <laughs> and uh, much less a profitable one. And for if for whatever crazy fucking like if, if like they've also still got Madden, NHL, and F one and PGA Golf like. None of them rake in the FIFA dollars, of course, but uh, you know, but dividing that revenue up between two games is major. If if a split in the fandom occurs, yeah, like for people that aren't as maybe aware, uh, my it, my guess is that FIFA will not end up releasing anything, and then people will buy EAs and they will continue to call it FIFA. I'd say that's a pretty good, yeah, it's pretty good. Your bet. your branding doesn't really matter at this point. It's I like, need this year's soccer game. It's like yeah. it's a nice gesture for Blizzard to rename Macrita Cassidy, but. Yeah, it's too too little too late. I've been People. I've been playing that game with that character name like for six years. Yeah. And, um, You're not gonna say, "Hey, you want to play EA FC Club?" EA You're gonna Sports be like, "Hey, FC. you want to play FIFA?" Yeah, it'd You're right. This, that is a bit of a mouthful. Their new title. Too. It'd be the same thing if EA discontinued the Madden branding because of his unfortunate passing. People would still call it Madden. Yeah, even yeah, if it was absolutely. just called EA Sports NFL. 
Yeah, maybe they, they if they what if they just change every, like all of their games to to be that like mm-hmm. yeah, just some uniformity between them all. Um, gosh, also a twenty billion in sales and one hundred fifty million users in the entirety of this uh, its run and, and FIFA's run until now. Um, jeez, big yeah. game. And they broke records this year with despite uh, it being a shit shithole of a game. Apparently, <laughs> ten million online. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe that's because it's the last entry with them. But I don't know. No, it's just Europeans are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jumping ahead, the StarCraft match fixing two parter is uh, that's uh, episode sixty nine. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, the Virtual Boy, um, that homebrew scene is staying s- strong. Oddly enough, the recently a lost F Zero spinoff for the platform was discovered, and enthusiasts have been attempting to rebuild it from from what was found, which is dope. Another interesting fact uh, I stumbled into was with how a portion of that f- that failed console's tech did survive on an early development uh, kits of the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, uh, it, like well, I mean, like with its um, planned use of uh, 3D uh, code for such, even ended up in the final version of Luigi's Mansion, although not in a functional form. But uh, you know, if there's any reason to bring up that delightful little purple lunchbox, then I will fit it in. You know me. Yep. Um, but. So it's uh, Prey. I found this kind of like, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you heard this. Uh, quote, Prey 2017 director thought using that name was a mistake. Yeah. It was assigned did, yeah. by Bethesda. Uh, this is, uh, says Kotaku in an interview with uh, former Arcane lead, uh, Rafael uh, Colantaniano. Colantanino. Um uh, so yeah, he he apparently regrets that heavily. So much so that he even thinks the marketing decision led to expectations that led the title to fail commercially. And I mean, in his defense, it was odd. Um, like the original Prey didn't exactly ignite the world on fire, but it did have its dedicated fans like me who were hungry for an experience that this had no intention whatsoever of delivering. Um, this information along with his uh, airing of other grievances at the Elder Scrolls guys came from appearances on the uh, AIAS, uh, Game Maker's Notebook Podcast, as well as MinMax. Um, quote, uh, I did not want to call this game Prey, and I had to say what I wanted to anyway in front of journalists. I hate to lie. It felt bad to support a message I did not want. End quote. Uh, which, I mean, that sounds like forcing to me. He also continues on claiming it wasn't just on him, uh, like, that the, and that the, the team, like, the rest of the team felt this way, too. Um, now he was grateful that Bethesda did trust him enough to create what he was dreaming to create. Uh, however, the labeling of of a thing that has nothing in connection to an outside piece of media that already exists and sit right with him throughout the whole process. Um, the backfiring of both defenders of the OG Prey combined with detractors of the OG Prey weren't uh, meant like nobody was happy. Like no, nobody was happy when seeing what this was referred to in trailers and on a store. Like if you liked the original Prey, you weren't didn't mean you were going to like this game. And if you didn't like the original Prey, maybe you would stay away from it. Like, you know, like it's yeah. just, and it, and it wasn't just with this, but, uh, uh, Colin Antonio um, uh, felt it was a, quote, kick in the face to the hardworking people behind the 2006 one, uh, profusely apologizing that it wasn't their wish to steal their art and make it their own. It's gross, and that's not what I wanted to do, he said. Yeah. Uh, he then states this situation was uh, what directly inspired his departure in 2017. Uh, luckily, he has not left the industry altogether, and has founded a new company uh, with uh, Wolf Eye Studios, who put out Weird West in March of 2022. Okay. Um, and this in line with his personal goal of, of being independent from a corporate system that won't pressure him in, with financial-driven changes uh, such as these. No longer. Passionate dude, and he did not mince words. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Engage and Acclaim are fine. Uh, I did love this fucking unhinged ad that got a share of uh, attention on uh, on uh, Twitter, though. Um, but uh, a, a user uh, shared a 2003 magazine spread uh, promoting the Engage with text that read, quote, are you ready to give someone a good beating on the subway? <laughs> Which I guess is meant to be like, we've got wireless multiplayer, but I don't, it's, it's so insane. Video games it. used to be so much better. Right. <laughs> that and, uh, and this, uh, John Romero was allegedly reported as saying that he never actually played Red Faction before overseeing that port, which uh, explains a lot, I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Purely for Lang's sake, I'm, I am pleased to signify that there are no updates for uh, all four of our 2020 Halloween episodes, nor the coverage of the uh, trials and tribulations of the Xbox One, meaning we've made it to the second anniversary. Home stretch, y'all. Unfortunately, the next spot in my script uh, to stop on is a tad uh, a tragic. Not microtransactions for, but G4. <laughs> the triumphant resurrection of the fondly remembered gaming-themed uh, TV channel has now found itself on the chopping block uh, in less than a year of it being back in the picture with its talent and crew paying the price. Uh, so at first it was reported by Ethan Gash on uh, uh, September 14th, again at Kotaku, that the struggling outlet had suddenly laid off about, uh, and this is around 20 to 30 staff members. The abruptiveness and severity of the cuts took many of these poor folk by total surprise, um, with many of them showing up on set to record and then be met with an HR rep individually giving them the bad news. Um, it was unclear as to what extent these were going to be at the time. Insiders said that they would receive anywhere between 16 weeks and six months as of, uh, of severance, at least, uh, from parent group Comcast. It's such a fucking, it's such a shame because the, the writing had been on the wall for some months. Um, the high, like highly produced content they were making with the, you know, with the staff involved, just, like, they couldn't pull in the profit to maintain the quality they strived for, uh, especially with the space being so crowded by competing entertainers who spend far less to accumulate their followings on, like, Twitch and YouTube. Um, yeah, there were some smart business decisions. They did get a couple streamers to... Yeah, they were, they were outreaching, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I think it was that, like, the numbers, I don't know if they're out there, but supposedly, the, like, they everybody was getting paid very well. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. They should be. But, yeah. Um, managers and uh, executives at G4, uh, foreseeing the imbalance, held meetings in an effort to find cost-trimming uh, cost methods. Even then, President Russell Ahrens, who took over after CEO Brian Roberts, bounced to become owner of the Philadelphia Fusion Overwatch team. Uh, spoke on the matter of uh, of how unrealistic their future projections were looking. He quit shortly after and was replaced with Joe Marsh of Comcast uh, Spectate, Spectacore? Spectacore. Spectacore. Comcast Spectacore are the people that own so simple, like the flyers and oh, okay. sectors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, announcements of new series came all while the slashing of investments happened behind the scenes. Uh, one day later on the 15th, hosts uh, Fiona Nova and uh, Case Blackwell went live to address the layoffs in an episode of The Feedback and to reassure viewers that they wouldn't be scaling back their, their output. However, five days later on the 20th, we learned that Indiana Black of G, uh, or uh, sorry of X-Play was no longer with them after um, she was bought out of her contract, leaving behind the completionist Corey Smallwood and Adam Sessler, although he too had to step away because of a, uh, a family medical issue. Um, so that fucking sucked. I mean, she ruled and was not afraid to call out bullshit when it came to the troubling practices and toxic politics that plagued the 
the field, and more on that in a second. Um, on the 22nd, notable alumni Kevin Pereira then confirmed his leaving on Attack of the Show. Of course, he states that this had been in motion for a while, acknowledging the untimely, or the unlucky timing, uh, though supposedly his mission was always dedicated on the relaunch and was never in the cards, like it was never in the cards for him to, to, for that position to be permanent. Right. Um, still, three high-profile departures, uh, whatever the reasoning was a hefty blow, especially in the middle of grasping at revenue. Speaking of blows, this quote hurt me. Um, although not more than what would happen next, uh, three sor- uh, three sources familiar with the business tell Kotaku they expect a bigger focus on lower budget personality-led Twitch streams instead of more highly produced talk shows and sketch comedy segments. Mm-hmm. Um, not in that case. I mean, because that's what made them different. Um, and we'll soon come to realize how little that shift would even matter. Uh, because then, in a PT-like fashion, the fucking plug was pulled and G4 was essentially burnt to the ground um, as of the 16th of October, 2022, it was announced uh, via Twitter that the company was uh, shuttering. Uh, Deadline reports that the news was simultaneously delivered in a mass company email by CEO David Scott. The memo explained that their investment efforts just, quote, failed to gain traction. And um, this despite the previous assurances that things were set to continue on. Um, he then went on to thank everyone's contributions and... Um, to pass along any questions to HR, and uh, yeah, it uh, wasn't handled great. Um, like the completionist only discovered that he no longer had a job when it was retweeted by Wario sixty four. That's I I don't like to laugh at that, but that is so I yeah shitty. And that happened with people from oh. uh, Fanbyte too. Yeah, like yeah, which um, it was around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan Grayson at the Washington Post even wrote that many of the now former employees were nearly instantly locked out of the, their internal communication software and that their Slack and Google drives were already unaccessible. Uh, any half-finished projects lost, partner phone numbers and addresses. Um, it would really make searching for work harder for them. <laughs> you know, like... Uh. Then it, well, then it already is. You know, like if, you, like, if like your address book is gone. Like, yeah. Um, or, 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 like, things for your portfolio, you know? Uh, as of this reading, the site and YouTube pages are still online, but television services such as Pluto and Vizio uh, TV had removed the channel. Its final airing through Vios for a second time was on uh, November 18th, two days after the anniversary of um, the revival. Wait a minute, that's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Well, for us, it's tomorrow. We should, should watch it. It will be in the past when you're hearing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so disappointing. Um, best of luck to all these people. They really tried. It, it was risky, like, from the get-go. But, you know, hey, I appreciate the dedication and throwback to the old format. I, I, I guess there just isn't any room for it anymore, not for a production crew of that size to get yeah. paid as fairly as they were. But, um, and, uh... Special shout out to Indiana Black or, or Frost as she faced the most head-on bullshit of anybody in this collapse. It didn't take mm-hmm. long for disgruntled red pillars to blame her and call her wokeness for G4's demise. Um, people need to shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. seriously. And to draw that connection is so insane. Like, there's there's so many of these jerk-offs making videos about it on their dumbass YouTube channel, singling her as the sole cause. Like, when that news broke, I was like, I want to I see what people's opinions are on this, and that was the only one. And it was like, I don't know why it was so, like, recommended in my feed. It was just You like dumb. video games. You hate women. <laughs> I just, how misinformed and insecure do you have to be to believe that? Like, like, 
it's it's Comcast. You're like, getting, it's, it, listen, it's you're, the same reason that everything fails. It's it had to do with money. <laughs> like you're getting into a much larger discussion <laughs> that we need to have off mic. <laughs> All right, impossible pivot time, but here's a fun one with Night Trap. On, uh, on July 27th, last summer, Limited Run Games, who sprouts up on the show quite a lot from time to time, uh, posted that they uh, were not only porting the, the infamous cult classic to the PlayStation 5, but that there was also a special edition that is bundling in the entire original script of the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Which is fucking great. I, I'm just so glad that that was saved. I, I forget his name, but that dude, like... Uh, I love that he kept all this. Oh, and uh, the title was featured on the um, second iteration of the Genesis Mini as well. Yep. Uh, along with a grab bag of like several other Sega CD games like Sewer Shark and the uh, Echo the Dolphin, like the expanded Echo the Dolphin. But uh, yeah, pick up yours today. I know you you have the first one. We messed around with that. Yeah. Uh, so it's 83 and 84. Can't ditch the Mitch. We certainly can't. But apparently as Dr. Ken, uh, in the most current round of wackiness surrounding the ongoing legal battle of, of uh, Billy Mitchell versus the world record group uh, Twin Galaxies, a court document revealed that Billy Boy is now claiming his personal physician of 30 years dropped him as a patient because he believes he is a cheater? Uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Stanley Scopit. Uh, allegedly refused to see him upon reading the accusations against him by Twin. This is so bizarre. Uh, my single guess is that maybe he wanted to av- like avoid just being a part of a, a like the PR controversy. Disaster. Yeah, but it's like, but now he is. So there goes your low profile. Regardless, I feel like that's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath. I, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, it seems like a shitty doc. I mean, anyway, the packet goes on to use this example on a list of many that uh, uh like piled on like just on the emotional distress against Michael as a result of the all the shit that yeah. we talked about your social media attacks your news media coverage which in, in tune give him a like a, a, apparently it gave him a, a hernia and an an atrial fibrillation I don't know if true we definitely need to find another medical atrial, professional to help atrial fibrillation is probably it's a heart problem oh okay well there was much more um and much we did already you know discuss but um how he lost income from not being invited to industry events due to the bad press, something like he, he, he still have to like technically prove uh, legally with proper evidence. But, you know, I, I get what he's saying there. Um, I'm sure we'll revisit this uh, down again down the road. Uh, as of this moment, neither party has publicly commented further. And here's a follow-up topic that never f- stops making fucking headlines. Unity. Uh, first, there were hundreds of firings. Uh, equating to 4% of its workplace back in June of this summer for a business that uh, loves to lavishly spend uh, on acquisitions. They certainly couldn't take care of their own employees. Let's see. Uh, As expected in this unjust society, no advance notice was given. Those who lost their jobs had it dropped on them in a video conference call. Um, Don't worry, though. They generously gave them 30 days of health insurance. Eh? Um, Ooh. The affected staffers uh, were then encouraged to apply for other open slots within the firm, uh, except a hiring freeze was enacted for all departments. Uh, sources who request amenity for fear of reprisal and blacklisting are saying the internal management is, quote, a shit show, and that the strategy there is rapid and unpredictable. Less than a month later, the company then announced a $4.4 billion merger with well-known m- malware provider Iron Source. Yep. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it'll go swimmingly for developers. Grant them with a couple extra toolbars. 
God. Uh, Iron Source is most associated with its intrusive Iron Core ad software that displays unwanted shit on your computer in the form of a sneaky browser extension, one that downloads itself through fake sites on Chrome to infiltrate users' devices unsuspectingly. They'll bombard you with everything from pop-ups to banners, and uh, you know. Uh, then there's uh, Install Core. That's also them. A Trojan horse package program. Um, it sounded like the worst. <laughs> I mean, we've seen. We've each seen similar crap before, probably on like a dad's PC. Uh, so their stock then took a nosedive, rightfully. Um, 17% and has been on a sharp decline ever since. Their annual losses alone valuing to 76% less than the previous year. Share started in 2022, like for reference at uh, $138 a share. And at the time of this writing, it's just shy of 33 bucks. So... That's Oof. yes, but also that's just the market. That's how the market is. Yeah, right I know. Now. That's true. But but response was overwhelmingly negative all around, uh, with several of their customer base shifting to work in other engines. I, it was a mind numbingly stupid idea. I don't know why this, like, <sighs> uh, but they saw a demo for Unreal 5 and went, fuck, we can't do that. <laughs> well, let's, let's pivot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, not wanting to lose the momentum of the fuckery they were on, CEO John Radicicci, Radicicci, you're Italian, Radicicciello? What? I think that, R-I-C-C-I-T-I-E-L-L-O. Yeah, isn't that the guy from John Radicicciello? Isn't that the guy from EA? Oh, <laughs> well, that'll make more sense now when I say in an interview with PocketGamer.biz, he called devs, quote, fucking idiots if they aren't thinking on the subject of monetization during their creative process. That didn't go over well. So way to throw more fuel in the fire there, but he went into detail on the explanation why, but didn't it didn't amount to much considering his apology for uttering the phrase, what was this, like 48 hours later on Twitter? Mm-hmm. His stance is unchanged. He was just sorry for choosing those words specifically. The rest of the thread was more respectful for artists and thoughtful regarding the philosophy of his opinions on the, like, the economic... Or on ec- the economics of digital consumption as entertainment. I'm not going to repeat it in its entirely since we have to move on. You know, beyond uh, pre- just talking about unity here at Nauseam. Previous CEO, chief operating officer, and president of Electronic Arts, yeah. There you go. What From what years? The good ones. The good ones? Oh, okay. Uh, he joined in October 1997, served as chief operating officer until 2004. Mm. He left in 2004, returned in 2007, and then left again in 2013. Not the Don Matrick years, so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're welcome to read uh, or to, to scroll through that full statement on IGN if you you know if you feel so inclined. Besides, uh, we've reached our third death of the evening, Richard Demo Dick Marchenko, a SEAL Team Six founder as well as writer of Rogue Warrior, left our mortal plane. Uh, Last December on Christmas Eve, the mm. 81 years young decorated military vet was found dead at his home with a possible heart attack being the likeliest theory. His son delivered a touching eulogy to the papers, naming his dad a hero and a legend. Despite his retiring from service in 1989, he remained in the limelight throughout several decades as an author, motivational speaker, and consultant. That said, his video game is still ass and his views are still questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... May you protect us from the uh, the commie menace in heaven. <laughs> he's not in heaven, dude. No. <laughs> but he, but he's, in, he's fighting them red demons. Yeah, he's like Doom guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, this is a lighter one. Um, 
our, t- our episode on uh, THQ, uh, I failed to bring a hugely regarded title up in uh, conjunction to their closure. Everyone's fave. A true staple of Nintendo's epic library. You get what I'm hinting at, Austin? You owned this at one point. Oh, no. What is it? The Devil's Third. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, or I don't, I don't think it's a D. I think it's just Devil's Third. Uh, see, when that their publisher kerploded, uh, this little shit-stained gem needed a new home. Uh, thankfully to gamers everywhere, the Big N swooped in and saved one of the biggest pieces of garbage to ever grace their fucking catalog. <laughs> um, yeah, so we could we literally like do a whole topic on that third, but uh, yeah. it's, its development was legendarily messy. Uh-huh. Uh, the short version is that it uh, it did need to it, is that it did eventually see life as a repurposed Wii U exclusive in 2015. Uh, needless to say, it bombed in just about all facets. The crew behind it at Valhalla Game Studios isn't even around today as they dissolved in late December of 2021. While director um, uh, to- wait, Toonobu uh, Itagaki, yeah, of Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden fame, went to form Apex, uh, Apex Games. Um, either way, we can safely admit that Devil's Third would not have changed a damn thing when it came to the inevitable fate of THQ and the situation they got themselves in. Did change a damn thing when it came to the inevitable fate of Team Ninja, though. Because <laughs> right. he fucking left, and then they went on to make Nio, and then now they're <laughs> doing that Rise of the Ronin game and also that Wokong game. Wow, and apparently both of them look incredible. Yeah. I mean, both of them Eyes look the incredible. Look awesome, and people love Neo. Right. So, well, what what is Apex Games done? I mean, uh, Apex Legends. <laughs> that was that was yeah. them, right? Yeah, Apex Games. I like the super hot team. It's just, it's just give me Apex Legends. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a bad name for your studio. Like, well, apparently the contest within the world of Apex Legends is called the Apex Games. Oh, so well, yeah. Now, now nobody's finding you. That's the yeah. Good, good <laughs> SEO on that one, Itagaki. <laughs> Nailed it just like you did in Ninja Gaiden Three. <laughs> no sequel to the Spirits Within has materialized, I'm afraid. Uh, although here's a disgusting update to our Connect episode. Wait, 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 hold on. Apex Game Studios, founded by well-known Japanese producer Tonobo Itagaki or Tomonobu Itagaki. Mm. Focuses on producing highly playable, high quality, immersive AAA Web 3.0 games. <laughs> so we got another NFT here on our That's hands, baby. Hot. Can't wait for crypto to explode so we can do an episode about all of the failed NFT and uh, Web that, 3 shit. What a games. bullshit sentence! Like, yep. it, like all of those words together are are just like so yeah. meaningless. I think I had an aneurysm. <laughs> oh. Uh, they haven't done anything though. They formed in, um, or I guess he announced the studio's formation in July 9th, twenty twenty-two. So not that long we'll ago. Be on the lookout. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Alex Kipman, uh, who many within the scene had dubbed one of Microsoft's quote uh, "golden boy" uh, executives, uh, resigned after twenty-one years of servitude when numerous allegations of gross misconduct arose. These include inappropriately touching women co-workers and watching VR pornography in the office. Uh, Kitman was most relevant to our That's coverage. That's his research, man. <laughs> was most relevant to our coverage as a recognizable leader in guiding the development and launch of both Connect uh, peripherals for the Xbox 360 and Xbox One, respectively. Um, we'll get to the latter soonish. We didn't forget. Uh, that stack of games is still staring at us from across the room. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like... Ugh. <sighs> And, uh, it's such a larger thing, but just like, just stop do your fucking job and stop touching people. Yeah, God damn it! 
Apparently that's hard to, that's a t- too tall of an order. Fucking, yeah. So but post this, he took a similar role in the creation of the mixed reality HoloLens smart glasses, which neither caught on as what was hoped. Uh, within the walls, he was described as a technical wizard, just not a good person. Uh, I'll spare reciting the uncomfortable parts, but let it be said that uh, upwards of 25 employees spoke out on his shitty behavior, compiling a lengthy notice to send to Microsoft CEO uh, Satya Nadella. Um, initially, these filings were ignored until he was officially forced out on June 8th, 2022. No mention of the uh, the incidents made it into uh, the uh, press post, only stating that organization was the culprit. Uh, I am not pleased with that, though at least he has gone from there. Um, after two months, uh, a two-month transitional period anyway. And uh, yeah, we can you know, presume what the actual cause was. Um, so with that, I am just going to carefully segue into this sillier bit here with the 2021 hol- uh, op- button Halloween. Um, major props to Matt for his I Have No Mouth series. I loved those. Um, no update to it, but recently I did find a rather hysterical encounter that went down back in 05 between the great curmudgeon that was Harlan Ellison and uh, Mike uh, Mike Krahulik, or Gabe of Penny Arcade. Yeah. <laughs> um, see, each of them were guests of honor at a Seattle convention called uh, Fool's Gap. After the event, Gabe shared his account of a moment on stage where Ellison was reportedly rude to him and his partner Jerry uh, Holkins, or Tycho in the comic. Um, this then caused a handful, uh, or, or like a gaggle, I'm going to say of, of, uh, Penny Arcade fans to swarm Harlan's online bulletin boards at his homepage, insulting the celebrated author. Uh, the man then dunked back with a post on this, uh, on the same website with a response man. that reads, quote, Gabe is a super annuated, uh, teenage golem with a slack jaw. <laughs> <laughs> a slow manner, a typical pointless surliness at a world unwilling or unable to accept him as superlative <laughs> or on some a twerp easy to dismiss. <laughs> God, even this disses are so poetic. I know. <laughs> like, like, I just had to include this. It nearly killed me with laughter when I saw it. Like, what an elevated and perfect retort from a brilliant asshole who doesn't take shit. Like, it's so literary. <laughs> You can tell he took pleasure in it. Love that, man. Yeah. <laughs> a twerp easy to dismiss is so good. Teenage Gollum with a slack jaw. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so um, the PA followers then in turn tried to hack and vandalize the forums leading to the uh, Harlanites sharing messages about how they have no interest in understanding even who those people are. Um, so was that, you know, first exchange at the con, a miscommunication? Possibly, but hey, it gave us this spat, and I am and I am here for it. Uh, both parties uh, have a heavy reputation for picking fights, and it doesn't take uh, much to get a fan base involved in anything these days. So there you go. <laughs> also, if you want some in Harlan Ellison inspired content, play Scorn. Yes, yeah. very Ellison. Yeah, I've heard that inspired, very heavily inspired by Ellison Harlan and, and Geiger. Geiger. Yeah. <laughs> Um, with that, we're now inching towards the finish line. Stubbs is still eating uh, brains in our hearts. Uh, no resurrection of those nymphs. Uh, I could prattle off uh, their like some of their other uh, report cards. Remember those? Uh, mm-hmm. Prior to them crumbling, I, like I found a, a few. Why give them any bonus airtime, right? They yeah. don't deserve it. Uh, it would just be to <laughs> like make fun, but. I, I went through a couple of them. The, the, so the funniest thing I didn't mention on the episode, and this is completely off the cuff, 
was that they, you know how they had their like games to avoid list. I yes. didn't realize after that year, they started doing the opposite of that. They're like, here's the games we recommend, but it's like all the, it's like exactly what you'd think it would be where it's like, just dance. And you're like, uh, that's great for if you are looking for a dancing game, but like there was n- nothing on there for like, it was just like, I don't these know. are Christian people, right? Oh Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like Just Dance has some blasphemous lyrics in it. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Though they're not as edgy though as Dance Central. No. They, they got more, they got sexier moves in those games. It's, it's true, but yeah. I'm just saying one's like, rated teen, one's like <laughs> No, though, yeah, but you're right though. It, it, like if you went through all those lyrics. <laughs> um I could just look up Just Dance songs. I'm sure the first one that comes up will have something Christian Tate in it. A hundred percent. Um Camdrome has yet to make a resurgence. Maybe we're in between uh, appearances there. Uh, then it's Microtransactions 5. I do have a minor takeaway from Sean's contribution with secrets in those uh, Souls titles I hear so much about. Um, so in uh, July of 2022, YouTuber Oddheader made another cool video in his line of removed Easter eggs in games where modders had a data mind that there was a collectible pair of undergarments, basically panties, in hidden in Elden Ring. Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was like, I like, that, that. I was dying. So it's something nobody has uh, yet to uh, uncover a use for. Developer FromSoft has kept quiet on the secret, but it, it has since been patched out in like a later update. So either uh, gamers were never meant to find out or it's the locked door 2.0. I don't know. It's probably the former, but hey, it's... Uh, why, why not hypothesize, though, right? Okay, listeners, we've uh, made it to the top. Uh, episode 95, the only stuff after this was our, our um, Game of the Year gauntlet. Uh, a hell of an experience that uh, I stated in the opening will not be returning this holiday season. Um, it's going to be in, difficult to close this out. <laughs> in some form, it will, just not in that form. Yeah. But but I, I, I want to, you know, I'm just going to thank you all uh, once more on being so patient, you yeah. shall be back and better than ever soon. Yeah, we. You'll see. If we, you're listening, we this, gotta make up for the shit fuck that is 2022. If you're listening to this, thank you for sticking with us, and we yeah we'll be back in 2023 mm-hmm. with uh, some pretty dope stories. Yes, uh, I'm I'm ex- I'm so excited <laughs> for for several of them. Um, that was four years. Hot button. Yep. Here's to four more. Yeah. I'm Randall Beatrice. I'm, I'm Austin Blakesley. That is Austin Blakesley. Uh, oh, how do I do this? Good night and good luck. <laughs> Wait, no, I had a thing that I have supposed you to did. say at the end. It was it was like the it was the direction to the website and All right. the, the socials. Oh, yeah. and if you want to hear more, <laughs> and this wouldn't be your first episode. No, it wouldn't. That, that would but be wild. If you want to hear more, or you want to revisit your spe- any your of the spiel, episodes, you're gonna rehearse, yeah. Uh, you can visit us at hotbuttoncast.com. That has all our episodes. We're also on all the podcast feeds, Spotify, iTunes, Rate and Review, whatever the fuck I'm supposed to say. Uh, YouTube. You can also follow our socials. So you still got it. Twitter, Instagram, and, off it. Twitter Instagram <laughs> and Facebook for now at Hot Button Cast. <laughs> all three yeah. of those companies plummeting down the shitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's about we'll time. Say, join us on Truth Social and Mastodon. <laughs> <laughs>
The band? No, the website named after the band. Can we close this out with Blood and Thunder? <laughs> but we'll see you guys in December, and then again next year for your regularly, regu- regular, regularly scheduled programming. Yep. Will I be any more or less dyslexic by then? Who knows? Nah, dude, that's not shaking off for us. You've been like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.